Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. what day it is hump day good morning everyone and happy hump day from the opening drive on 101 ESPN at 7 o'clock your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with large fan Brooke Grimsley and Carrie Davis I'm Randy Carricker it is great to have you with us Randy, this not, morning CD not fan super fan S- not even super fan this is the the owner the founder the the I mean, you can put chair owner person in there owner <laughs> of yeah. the Lars Newt Bar Fan club. This is not just a fan. She's the, she, she's the one. Founder, CEO, president, yes. treasurer. This is all on the the Insta, by the way. <laughs> follow me on Instagram <laughs> at RJ Carricker. You can follow Brooke at Brooke Grimsley. Follow Carrie Davis at Carrie Davis. 38, and yeah, we've, we've got a picture of your official Lars Newbar. Well, I don't know if it's official, but it is your official <laughs> Lars Newbar what, Team Japan jersey. Whatever could you mean, Randy? What, what, looks, what looks off about this? It's official for way, you. It's it official is. for us. It's official because I've been, I've been waiting forever. Shout out to uh, my fiance's cousin, Luke, for acquiring this for me because as you guys know, I've been on the hunt as the president, CEO, owner, we added there, that there title, of the Lars Newbar fan club. I have been trying since Team Japan started playing in the World Baseball Classic to find a Lars Newt Bar jersey, and it sold out in the Team Japan store. I couldn't find it anywhere. So maybe we went the illegal route. Maybe. But either way, it finally, not. It finally got here. <laughs> it looks great. It, it does, right? It has the logo. You know, the World Baseball Classic logo. There and you, you go. didn't break any rules. No. Is illegal no. the right word, or just is it the frowned upon? I think frowned upon. Okay, yeah. Yeah. you're fine then. But I mean, honestly, I've heard a lot of people do get their jerseys over there, so you don't have to mm-hmm. pay the big prices. Yep. So yeah, it's here. I don't well, know if illegal is the right word. One okay. time, back in the day, when the Rams drafted Sam Bradford with the first overall pick in the 2010 draft, I did order a Sam Bradford jersey, number eight, St. Okay. Louis Rams jersey for eighteen dollars. Really? Got it from China. Took several weeks, but I'm glad I only paid eighteen for it rather than two hundred. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> After watching Sammy V play a little bit of football, I, I would agree with yeah. you. He was a good guy. Really good guy. Yeah, he's yeah, gonna check that ball down every chance he got though. Yeah, he's gonna need some knee replacements. Don't you get, too. Don't you get the jerseys for the nice guys, right? Yeah. No, you get the jerseys no. for the great guys. Yeah. I'm assuming uh, one time Chris Long told me that he and Laurenitis and uh, and Sammy had a deal that they weren't going to go to a Super Bowl until they were in it. Oh. I'm assuming that Sammy and James, uh, they just didn't do it. Uh, but, you know, it's, aside from being able to walk a golf course, he's fine. There you go. Hey, the Cardinals won last night. Uh, they, they beat the Rockies. The uh, starting pitching guys, not great. 
you guys, uh, you, you guys, Miles Michaelis allowed ten run or ten hits and six runs in five innings, and I was trying to uh, work my way through how and why this happened, and I'm just saying that. Uh, he can't. He doesn't miss bats. He just doesn't miss bats. And if you don't miss bats, they wind up as hits a lot of times. We kind of knew that that was going to happen, though, for Miles. Nothing against Miles, but his career ERA going into cores is, was like a 12.14 yep. yep. ERA. And then especially with the way that things have been shaking out, you kind of just knew that this was going to happen with the starting rotation. I'm not saying it's okay, but I feel like the big difference this time is that the Cardinals were able to find a way back. We know how potent this lineup is, and the way that they were able to come back from a 6-2 deficit was huge. And one of the nice things about it was they were able to score first, courtesy of Tommy Edmond right off the bat. Driven toward right. Bryant going back, still going back up near that scoreboard. That ball is going to go! Tommy Edmond drives one to right, a solo homer, and the Cardinals strike first. One nothing after an inning, and in the third, Juan Yepes came Yepes through. Looking for his first homer and RBI of the year. Swing and a drive. That's down the line. That ball is gone. Two nothing. Chip carry the call on Bally Sports. We're feeling pretty good at that point. Cardinals with a two nothing lead. Yes, feeling very good. I mean, you you are. <laughs> That's where it ended, right? <laughs> yeah, because that's all we need to know. Colorado scored six in a row off of Miles. No, but in the seventh inning, you get a bases loaded walk from Goldie to make it six to three, and that brings Nolan Arenado to the plate. Swing drive. And it was 6-6 at that point. It, oh. It was. <laughs> it, it was. It was 6-6. <laughs> and, and that you know, just the fact that the Cardinals were able to get the lead, give up the lead, and, and, and fight their way, plug their way back into a game, I think that's – the lineup is what we've talked about all season or all offseason. We've, we've thought that this lineup was going to be very good. They were able to show up yesterday, and obviously it was much needed because Miles Michaelis gave up a few hits yeah. again. So, I mean, hopefully all of this starts to pan out in the direction that you need it to. The lineup does their job. The pitching starts to bring down the number of hits and number of runs allowed, and we can be a, a much better team. And the bullpen was solid until the ninth inning, and the Cardinals were able to take the lead. Nolan Gorman took over in the seventh inning for the Cardinals. He'll lead off. Swing drive! Yeah, I guess in that situation, just going up there looking for, for a good pitch to hit um, and try to get on base any way I can, knowing the top of the order is coming up um, with guys that can do some damage. When he hits them, they go. Nolan Gorman hits the ball hard. He yeah. does do that. And when, when he hits that, them. When he, <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah. So 7-6 at that point. Goldie drives one home when Neal singles home. Goldie and 9-6 was the final. One other highlight from this game, Jordan Walker continues to roll. Line drive! It's a base hit right off his knuckles, and he muscles that into left, and the kid has an 11-gamer to start his big league career. Just one more, and Eddie Murphy won't be laughing. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's, not the, that's not the same Eddie Murphy. Oh. He, never, he's a little bit older than Never Eddie mind. Murphy. Never <laughs> we know. Hey, good work, as we mentioned, from the bullpen. Geo, uh, uh, 
Genesis Cabrera with uh, an inning and two-thirds. Giovanni Gallegos with an inning, an inning and a third scoreless. And then Helsley finishes up. He did make it exciting by allowing a couple of hits, but he struck out two. And the Cardinals win 9-6, to six, and they'll go for the series win today with a 140 start. St. Louis time in Denver at Coors Field. So go Cards. That was, I felt like... I, it sounds weird. I, okay, so many. I feel like I should get like pinched every time that I say this. I know that it's early on the season, but it felt like that was a much needed win for the Cardinals to show the talent that they have, especially with their guys one through nine. And the way that they were able to mix things up. Tommy Edmond, I mean, what a game for him. That was a lot of unselfish baseball displayed. He had a home run doubled and put down like a perfect sacrifice bunt too. And it, it was just a really great game for the offense. And we know that starting pitching has been an issue, as I mentioned. And that narrative didn't exactly change last night. But what we did see was a response. We've been kind of waiting for that, especially in these games recently, where you kind of left some guys on base. You've had these chances. Sometimes the momentum was almost there, but they didn't fully capitalize on it. But this time, even when the pitchers were putting them in kind of that hole or Miles put them in that hole early on, the offense was able to dig their way out of this one. And Brooks, to your point, Nolan Gorman and the, the team thought that this was a big win. It's awesome. I mean, a comeback win. Uh, can't write it up any better. Um, you know, we just get the momentum rolling now. They're really good. Baseball players are at compartmentalizing and putting yesterday behind them. But they are feeling it a little bit. When you aren't as good early on, in the beginning of the season, it's just more there's more of a spotlight on it and so they're feeling it when you're three and seven after 10 games and what you have to do is just put the last one behind you and move forward do you like tommy edmund at the top of the lineup towards the top of the lineup or or kind of that ninth turnover the lineup type of hitter because i i mean if he's gonna hit if he's gonna be if, if he's gonna get on base and he's gonna hit the ball I think he should be at the top of the lineup as a, as opposed to the to the bottom of it. Agreed. I like Tommy against lefties. He continues to do well. When he's hot, and last year he was at the top of the lineup until he cooled off and then mm-hmm. they, they put him down. When he's hot, he's the best leadoff hitter they have because he gets on base mm-hmm. and steals bases and is able to manufacture a run. But when he's cold, when he goes a month where he's where, where he hits 220 and is on base is 260, that's not good enough. And then Donovan last year had a 394 on base. Mm-hmm. So you have to go with a guy that's getting on base, especially when your three and four hitters are Goldie and Arnato. Yeah, no, I agree. It, but still, that just felt like it was that was great for Tommy Edmond, unselfish baseball displayed by him. And you felt like it was a game that he needed to kind of break out of I it, I wouldn't say slump this early on, but you know he's been he's been a little cold going into yeah. this season and then the start of it as well. And then even Nolan Arnato, that just was that we've been talking about that, right? You still need those big moments from your big guys, and that was huge from him. And then you're going to face the Pirates here soon, so maybe they can really build off this momentum. It felt like everybody on that team just really needed that win. And they will face Pittsburgh in town this weekend. Blues will play their final home game of the season tonight at Enterprise Center. Early start, don't forget, it's a 6.30 start, 5.30 pregame here on 101 ESPN. NBA play in action last night. The Hawks advanced as the seventh seed in the East with a 116-105 win over the Heat. No excuse for the Heat to not be in the playoffs in the group of eight. The 9-10 matchup in the East, the Bulls and Raptors, is tonight. The Lakers also advanced as the seventh seed. They beat 
Minnesota in overtime, 108 to 102. Thunder and Pelicans in the 9-10 matchup tonight. Do you agree with me, CD, that there is no excuse for Jimmy Butler and the Heat to be out of the playoffs at this point? Oh, I agree. I mean, they they are a team that a few years ago was in the finals. And I know, you know, for the most part, they still have a lot of those core players still there. Jimmy Butler, to me, is is one of those guys that's hard to figure out. He 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 has superstar capability in my mind, but does not just doesn't quite reach the superstar level uh, for that organization. Mm-hmm. And he's been in a lot of different places. He's had multiple stops, um, but he does have the the ability. He just hasn't quite gotten over the hump of being that superstar. And he got he moves around because he doesn't think that organizations are committed enough. Now he gets to the organization that's committed, and yes. he's he's totally committed. But to your point. You can be really committed and still not be good enough as a player to lift your team over the top. I'm with you. I think he needs somebody else there. And a couple of years ago, Tyler Hero, when they went to the finals, they, they had that rookie backcourt that did so well. And Hero's still a good player, but mm-hmm. they just don't have – was it Robinson that was the other guard? Uh, Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson, yeah. yeah. He, he was, he's been stinking it up since yeah. he got that contract. Uh, the the – the, the fact that they were down to the Hawks in the manner in which they were yesterday, I think they were down by like 20, 25 points at one point. They got whooped by the Hawks. And so you would look at that and say, how do you allow them to come into your home and beat up on you like that, knowing what's on the line? As I said, it's just I think that they they signed Kyle Lowry. He hasn't been what they thought he would be. He had a good game the other day, last night. But he hasn't throughout his, his, his tenure there, hasn't been the guy that they wanted him to be. So the the Heat hopefully can figure something out. Yeah. If they're the eighth seed, though, eh, good luck. Good luck, right. Yeah. <laughs> and one other hockey note, Boston has the most successful regular season in NHL history, both in wins and in points. Last night, they beat the Capitals 5-2. to two. They have 133 points on the season. That knocked off Montreal's all-time record of 132, set in 76-77, and the most wins, which eclipsed Detroit and Tampa. And so, Boston, you're watching it, the greatest regular season team in NHL history. It's painful, right? Because we're one of the topics we're going to dive into today is that Stanley Cup championship repeat, kind of that window closing for the Blues. And we know who they faced in 2019, right? Mm-hmm. It was the Bruins. But you also have to be happy for Jim Montgomery, I guess, a little bit. But it also makes you think if losing him for the Blues, if that was a big difference maker for them this season as well. I think it was a huge move, and we will get to that. But it is interesting that this is a different goalie, too. The, the yeah. Blues are coming back. They're, they're running the same goalie back. But the, the turnover, it's been pretty significant. The stars are still there in Boston. But you have to give that organization credit. It's just a great program that they've got going. To come in and, and, and really have guys buy in and understand who you are and what the the details are and what the, the needs are in order to be a successful team, that speaks volumes to Jim Montgomery and his staff and really those players buying in. I, I thought we, we heard, I don't remember who said it, but he doesn't have to do much of the the yelling, fussing. And he got guys yeah. on the team that, that take care of themselves and make sure that they are all living up to the standard and, and what's expected. So, you know, they, they've been hot all season long and hopefully, man, for them, they continue throughout the playoffs. When they were in town, he told Joe Vitale that, A, this is the least stressed he's ever been in hockey as a player, as an assistant coach, as a head coach, because of his players, as you mentioned, Kerry, and Patrice Bergeron, who he says is the best captain that he's ever been around. That anything happens in that room, Jim Montgomery doesn't need to worry about it because he's got his players taking care of the situation. you got a player-led team, and your players 
can echo what the coach is saying. And the, you don't, as a player, it gets annoying as all get out when you have to hear the coach say the same thing over and over again. He's saying it because you're not doing it. But when your teammates hold you accountable and they are the ones making sure that you are in the right place doing the right things, you want to do the right things for those guys and make sure that, that you are you know living up to that standard. That's Kerry. That's Brooke. I'm Randy. We're off and running here on a hump day edition of the opening drive coming up. How much are you willing to spend to have access to every NFL game? We'll tell you how much it's going to cost you next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. I used to get uh, NFL Sunday ticket back in the day when it was on DirecTV and mm-hmm. uh, I liked the NFL. But then yeah. I reached a point where when I saw the way they do business, I don't do business with the NFL. Oh, they do <laughs> some business. Yeah, they do. Randy. So uh, they have switched now their Sunday ticket package from DirecTV to YouTube TV, and YouTube paid billions and billions of dollars for it. And you can start signing up now if you'd like to get NFL Sunday ticket. In the final season of DirecTV's 28-year run, the ticket costs $300 and up to $400 bundled with the Red Zone. And now the cost is going to be... With a discount, four hundred and forty-nine dollars, four hundred and eighty-nine with Red Zone. That's before June sixth, and so you're going to be paying a lot to see every NFL game. Five hundred bucks, basically. That's that's. I, I as soon as I saw those prices, I was like, right. You really think that that's something that people want to pay? Right. They want to, but they will. Well, they they probably will. I, I think you would be better suited if you just had your specific team available to to customers. I, I don't yeah. think that m- the the average fan that cheers for the Raiders wants to watch the Browns. <laughs> I, I just don't. <laughs> I, I don't want to watch the Browns, and we got to watch them to cover them. I, I mean, most people don't want to watch bad football, and they don't want to watch teams that their team isn't playing against. And so it, it, I guess we'll see how this works out as far as YouTube goes and if they have the number of subscribers that they, they think they'll have. And at this point, there is no a la carte option. That was one of the beliefs that, okay, if, if you're a Steelers fan in St. Yeah. Louis, you can buy a Steelers package and you don't have to buy every single team. But right now, that's what you have to have. So, I, I, My whole thing is, well, hey, look. You can watch four games at once, Carrie. So you can watch the Browns. You can, yeah. <laughs> you can not, watch I'm all not, those terrible teams. I, I won't at be the watching. Same time. I, I won't be watching that the the who who am I thinking about? The Houston Texans mm-hmm. versus the uh the I don't even know who else is terrible. So one the Arizona Cardinals without Kyler Murray. I, I won't watch that game. I doubt that I'll be tuned in, even if the Texans take a quarterback in the first in, in, with the second overall pick. I don't think I'll be watching that game. No, I just think it's, and we were talking about this after the show yesterday. I think it's interesting that in this day and age, you have so many people. This is coming from someone who was on TV who are cutting the cord now, getting rid of cable because yeah. it, it did get ridiculously expensive. Right. I remember. I mean, it was it was insane. You couldn't really justify the prices. There was too many channels, so you had a lot of people cutting the cord. That's one of the many reasons, of course. 
And now we're getting to the point where streaming options are right up there, but now you're even paying for just one individual thing specifically. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to couple that with your Netflix subscription, all these other different things. It's all it's almost to the point where it's more expensive than cable right. at, at one point. It's crazy. By the way, if you are a current YouTube subscriber, through June 6th, you can get Sunday Ticket at a pre-sale of $249. That's $100 savings from the retail cost. So... You want to sign up for your YouTube now and then order, if you want your Sunday ticket, before you sign up before June 6th. I will probably find a local Steelers bar and uh, have a few beverages there on Sunday if I want to watch the Steelers game. I think that's a really good idea. I think that that's probably the best way to go about it. Benton Barn Grill? There you go. You got a lot of places that can play multiple games on yes. a Sunday. <laughs> this past Sunday, the Baltimore Ravens and Odell Beckham Jr. announced that he is signing, sources say, with the Ravens. What sources? Uh, I guess Baltimore Ravens and, and OBJ. <laughs> those, those were the sources that said, yeah, he's, he's signing with the Ravens. And then that night, Odell Beckham Jr. in Miami out with the nominal at the moment Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson so Jeff Darlington also a Miami guy uh, where do we stand what's this relationship like what does it mean that they were out together very fair to connect those dots I'll take it a step fur- further on Sunday night they had dinner together at Prime 112 in Miami then they went and partied the night away at Live at Fountain Blue this is very <laughs> clearly connected this is not mere coincidence the question of course is what the conversation between Odell and Lamar is it seems to be a pretty good relationship. I don't know if it's strong enough for Lamar Jackson, who probably now has a pretty good idea of what he's going to get, and he's only going to get it from the Ravens, probably has a pretty good idea of what's, what's going to happen here. Randy, I think you and I are really good friends. Yeah. Right? I think I think we are. Oh, yeah. we're, we're, we're all good friends in this mm-hmm. room. If you had a chance to get $250 million guaranteed, are you going to take $32 million? Uh, no, I'm Okay. Not. So we're not that good of friends then, are no, we? No, no. <laughs> I don't think. But the question is, is somebody else offering us the two hundred fifty million? I understand that now. <laughs> if, it, if there is an offer, then we we're not that good of friends. Right, if there right, isn't, right. Yeah, maybe we are that good yeah. of friends, and, and we can work together <laughs> for another year or so. I think that's what it's going to boil down to. I don't put too much weight into the fact that OBJ signed that contract, and that means all of a sudden that that Lamar is going to be his starting quarterback. I think he believes that that's a possibility, and maybe Lamar can come to grips with the fact that he's not going to get that 240 mm-hmm. plus 250 million dollars and maybe he takes the one year deal and tries to prove it again or maybe he settles for 200 million guaranteed or maybe he's waiting for Joe Burrow and and Jalen Hurts and a few of those guys to sign their contracts to see exactly where he fits in because I'm sure he'll want to get paid more than those guys. So there's a lot of uh uh factors that are still out there to decide whether or not Lamar is going to go uh, and re-sign with the uh, Ravens, but you know it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how it all plays out. And finally, former Arizona Cardinal executives are just hammering their owner uh, Michael Bidwill, who I've always found to be a good guy. But two different uh, former executives, one has filed an arbitration suit, uh, Terry McDonough against Bidwill with the league, and he has apparently evidence of a burner phone in which the team was not supposed to be. Communicating with their former general manager, Steve Kime, while he was suspended, Michael Bidwell allegedly told his minions to communicate, but use burner phones to do so. Not great. And this from a former Arizona Cardinals executive named Ron Minigar, who wrote a letter to Michael Bidwell, and this was offered into evidence as part of the arbitration. 
He wrote to Michael Bidwell, I acknowledge that you've had to deal with a ton of issues this past year, but you come to work angry every day. You talk down to almost everyone. You've become arrogant and condescending. You need to get credit for everything when things are going well and are quick to point the finger at everyone else when we are struggling. That is nothing that you want said about you, in my opinion, if you are an NFL owner. Not at all. You you are, I mean, you got to get take the good with the bad. And, and if you are a guy that takes all of the credit when things are going well and blames everyone else when things are going poorly. That really just signifies how well your organization is doing. And if you are uh, Michael Bidwell in this situation, it's, it's not going to end well. We've seen some things, mainly in the NBA, where we've, we've had owners ousted because of text messages, because of conversations off the book, how they treat their, their staff. Um, I don't know if we'll get to that point in the NFL, but I think it's a possibility that if you are not taking care of your business, cheating, using yep. burner phones to communicate when people are suspended or or on a hiatus, that's not a that's not a really good look. And Terry McDonough, who is Sean McDonough's brother, by the way, said that uh, in his allegations, it indicated that there that employees were fearful of Michael Bidwell on a daily basis as a result of Bidwell's erratic and off, often abusive interactions with them, and that employees were, quote, largely working in fear, which they attributed to interactions with Bidwell. So not great. Not great at all. Why, why is this like a common theme that I'm seeing with, with some NFL owners? With NFL owners? I, I I have a question about that. That why is that a common theme? Oh, I don't and have a question about that. And why is there nobody that? holding them accountable? <laughs> nobody ever holds them accountable. I don't have a question about that either. I, I am certain as to why those things take place. The man, one golden rule, Randy. The, the man, man who has the gold makes the rules. There you go. <laughs> hey, if you all want to get more football information, more get your get your Jones in for a little bit of football. Anthony Stalter and I have a podcast, Gridiron Guys. We break down OBJ, uh, Lamar. Um, the quarterback Aaron Rodgers for Green Bay and his situation. So check us out. It's on YouTube. We can uh, subscribe, and you don't have to pay four hundred dollars like you do That's for a good YouTube thing. TV yeah, for get as much football. information. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> Brooke, Carrie, Randy, Matthew, and coming up, it is Wednesday. It's Hump Day, so that means it's Ask Uncle Randy Day here on one hundred and one ESPN. Another glorious day in St. Louis, and one one thing that happens when spring arrives is that uh, romance blooms just like the flowers. And if you have a blooming romance or you have a question about maybe getting involved in one, we're going to have a 78-degree, 79-degree day here in St. Louis. So take advantage of the sunshine and the warm weather. Ask Uncle Randy what you need to do next with the text line 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills. So celebrate summer with a new big green egg, Weber gas, or charcoal grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. 
You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. We do need your questions, and I do want to tell you, I'm going to go to the keypad on my phone right now. So, nine has Y, six has O, uh, nine, six, four has H, and six has O. So, if you use the letters on your keypad and do Yo-Ho, Y-O-H-O, that is 9646. So if you just want to remember the number to 101 ESPN's text line, the air service, air comfort service text line, it is YOHO, 314-399-YOHO, which would be 9646. All right, time for Ask Uncle Randy and uh, Carrie and Brooke here to lend assistance. Give us your texts. Matthew, what do you got? Let's jump right in with this. All right, let's do it. This is fantastic. Dear Uncle Randy, two weeks ago, I decided to get back with my partner after we split up for four months. We decided to shotgun to stream a wedding on April Fool's Day and stream it on Facebook. While we knew people would be upset with the actions, her side of the family all congratulated us, even though they were upset and weren't informed. My side of the family has yet to speak to me since that day. Is it my job to reach out to them and try to figure out why and clear the air? Or am I right just to let it and focus on my new family of four? We have two kids together before we split up. It was just a rough patch. Okay, interesting. <laughs> it's a lot. And, and it's really not it's a lot. Here's the, the question that I have to ask is, how close are you to your family that is upset? If you are, if you were close before the April Fool's Day wedding, then yeah, I would say, hey, do we have a problem here? This is my life, and this is the way I chose to go about it. But that being said, your primary focus does have to be on your new bride and your kids. That should be the focus of your life. But if you want to rebuild that relationship with your family, I think you do need to talk it out with them. Mm, how I feel about <laughs> marriage, it is your family that you mm-hmm. leave your family to begin your new yes. life with your new family. Yes. And therefore, what I do with my family doesn't matter to you all. I understand you're in your feelings, but at the end of the day, This here is my family, my nuclear family. These are the people that I'm going to be with every single day for the rest of my life. Not you, mom, not you, dad, not you, uncle, aunt, cousin, sister, brother. I love you all, but I don't love you more than I love my family here. That's the purpose of being married is to have your own family here. And so I understand that you're mad. I respect it. If you don't want to talk to me, I'm sorry that you feel that way, but this is my family and this is what we decided to do. Bingo. Yeah. I, I, it feels like there's a lot of layers to this story because mm-hmm. it, it was like, then I got one little bit of information, then another bit of information. I think it was a really funny joke. If they can't appreciate the joke, then maybe right. that's more on them. And, you know, maybe you just kind of feel, you know, the room a little bit, just say, hey, happy late Easter yeah. or something or Passover, whatever you celebrate. <laughs> and, just, clearly, and just see how that goes. After four months, they realized that they were good together, right? And did the April Fool's Facebook live streamed wedding. <laughs> I, I 
I like the idea. I, 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 I commend you, sir. Carrie, sometimes you say stuff and I just can't agree more. Dear Uncle Randy, my girlfriend of just over a year and I moved in together. It's just me, her, the dog, and 1,200 square feet. Any advice? Enjoy yourself. It's, uh, hey, if you moved in, you, you moved in with the idea that you're going to have an enjoyable time together. So, uh, yeah, enjoy yourself. Take the dog for walks. And, by the way, take advantage of that time before you're married and before you have kids and just use every inch of that 1,200 square feet. Yep, buddy. <laughs> use every inch. <laughs> oh, my oh God. God. Lord. Am I wrong? Not no, at all. I, I kind of forgot every I, every spot. I forgot that all, I forgot Uncle Randy's always always potentially possible for you to make a joke like that. I kind of forgot there for a second. I need to change my sign back up. Do you Uncle Randy or cousin Carrie? I'm not a big golf guy. Nothing against it, but maybe you can explain all the hype about it that I'm missing. Here's the thing about golf: is that you cannot master there it. There you go. You always are going to be chasing golf. You can be great at baseball. You can be Tony Gwynn and be a 330 hitter. And yes, you fail 67% of the time, but he's mastered that art. You can master football. You played with guys, Troy Palomalu, mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger, who's going to the Hall of Fame, who pretty much mastered that sport. Only one guy has mastered golf, and he even lost it. I mean, yeah. he, he mastered it for eight years from 2000 to 2008, about. And even then with injuries, and that's Tiger. But you can play golf one day, and you can be sensational and shoot a 79. You can play the very same course the very next day and be terrible and shoot a 99. And that, to me, is the allure of it. It's the, I agree. It's the fact that you want to continue to get better or be better, and for whatever reason, mentally, uh, just the inability to con- be consistent, I think, is the thing that keeps you going back. And once you start doing it, you start having fun. And then it's not really about this little ball and this golf club. It's about the people that you're, yeah. you're playing with. Like when you're out there with a group of people and you all are having fun, maybe you had a beverage or two, it just becomes a, a time to hang out with friends and, and have a good time. Totally. Also, you know, when you're when you're 30, 40 years old, you can't just like, you know, go down the street and, you know, get your six friends together and play basketball. But if it's a beautiful day out, and you have four hours that are open, and you can't get together five people to play basketball. You can just go to the range. You can go to a course and, and you know play a couple holes yourself. And that's kind of the nice thing when you, when you're when you're an adult is just when the sun's out. It's a way to get outside and, and, and enjoy it. And sometimes it's not the you know there's not things to do other than sit on a patio and drink a beer. Mm-hmm. That, that's one of the things to do. So that, that's why it's fantastic. Uh, we got another doozy. I love these. Uncle Randy, my wife works late, so I drive our three kids to most practices and games. Last night, she said she'd get the kids from volleyball, but when I noticed how late it was, I asked, are you going to go get the kids? She said, I guess, but she didn't seem enthused, so I grabbed my keys and left. She got mad and told me she would go, and now she says she'll take them everywhere, including school. Who's oh, wrong in this situation? God. <laughs> well, I, this is an Uncle Randy one. I'm going to... St- Stay out of it. I love drama. <laughs> you really do. You're up there jumping up and down. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Here's the thing. When so <sighs> let me just work through this. So she works late. Okay. So th- that's very important to know is that she works late, and so she wanted you to. I just want to read through this. My wife works late, so I drive our three kids to most practices and games. Last night, she said she would get the kids from volleyball, but when I noticed how late it was, I asked, are you going to get the kids? Okay, remember, she worked late. She said, I guess, and then didn't seem enthused. So I grabbed my keys and left. She got mad and told me she would go. Who's wrong? You're wrong. 
you're wrong. She works late. Now, granted, you drive your kids to most practices, right? So that is, to me, something that has been pretty well settled and determined in your home. Now she says they'll take them anywhere. She's just having a tantrum when she says she'll take them everywhere, including school. <laughs> Don't worry about the tantrum. That's something that you, you can work Where through. She said it. How do you, how do you, how do you, this, Everybody, is, every, this is life advice I need here. How do you just decide not to listen to certain aspects, but you need to listen to other aspects Here's of the, Because you know that's a tantrum. <laughs> Because she works late, and you know she's not going to get to take the kids everywhere. It's just not going to happen. But, but you, what you have to do is you have to defer here. And here's the thing. If you get the kids on a regular basis and she works late, then we have established that part of your role in this relationship is to get the kids. And she Yes, she said, I guess so, and wasn't enthused, but she was she was going to go get him. But at the end of the day, that's something that you should do as a partner, as a husband. If she's working late and it's your job and you're able to get the kids more than she is, that's your job and you, you do it. I have a feeling that this maybe wasn't the first time they could text in because maybe the tantrum is because this is not the first time that this has happened. Well, she might have been in a bad mood, too. Here's my issue with the whole, and, and I would assume that this is why this person texted in. Texted in. I usually take our kids to most practices and most mm-hmm. games. My wife said she would do it this time. If you tell me you're going to do something and we understand that it's getting a little late, you're going to be running a little bit late to pick our children up. I mean, it's it's one thing to be late to a, a hair appointment, to to work. It's a completely different thing to be late to pick your kids up late at night. That that that's that's, you know, that that's could be a little bit frustrating as a parent and you know you don't want to have your mm-hmm. kids just sitting there so i think the frustration coming from this texter is that she said she would get up and go do it and i didn't ask her to she said she would and by the way she didn't neglect to go she just said i guess and didn't seem enthused about it it's not something that in 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 my opinion again this is just me reading the text as we all are this texter sounded like it was not something that she really wanted to do, even though she said she would do right, it. Right, exactly. And, and she so, probably had a bad day at work, tired. So what you do is, if that's the occurrence, here's the thing. You can't win. So you grab your keys and go. And then when she calms down, when she says, okay, fine, I'll get the kids for everything. You say, no, you don't have to do that. I was just trying to get through the day and I'm, I'm sorry that you were not in a good mood I'm sorry you had a bad day but I understand you work late at night and I will go get the kids you so, don't have to get them every time well, I know we got a break but here, as an adult right if you're tired why not just say honey you know what I said I was going to go get them I had an extremely long day at work today would you mind going to get them this time I know I said I would do it, but if you could do this for me, I would greatly appreciate it. And I'll, I'll try to get them the next time. Is that not what adults should do? It is, but we don't. Oh, my God. It, and and Brooke, you aren't even, Brooke, you, you aren't married yet, but just wait. Uh, no, no, we 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 live we live together. Yeah, we've been engaged. We we we've gone through all of this. Wait, <laughs> we we've already gone through some of this, oh, okay, cousin Carrie and Uncle Randy. My oh. biggest piece of advice, because things do get frustrated, and look, I feel like I'm not trying to be like, oh. Women are different than men, but I think yeah, women, we have, a, we have a lot. I think the way that what I've discovered is that we have like a lot more going on our minds. We're like, okay, we got to get here, 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 here. We had this going on. And maybe she did have some stress from work. I'm not saying that 
it's okay. But I think just cooler heads will prevail. Just back off a little bit, and she would probably come to terms to be like, okay, maybe I overreacted just a tad bit. And you guys will just move and figure out a way communication-wise moving forward of like, how do we not let this happen again? I'm sure she'll appreciate that. You'll appreciate that. And it will help prevent some of this tension so that is happening right now. Women communicate? <laughs> yeah. Oh, over communicate. Oh. I would say over communicate. See, I have an issue with, with <laughs> hold on, because now we're now we're we're getting into something here. Because Brooke just said women have more things on their mind. They, like it's like we're just blocks of cheese. Nothing. We drink beer, sports. I'm saying, okay, hear me out. I'm saying with women, we're a little, we have a lot of different random thoughts going on throughout the day. I feel like with men, you just kind of just take what's in front of you and you just go. You're not, you're not, yes. you're not overthinking you, you situations. Are, I agree with that. You are absolutely not wrong, Brooke. I yes. agree with We're thinking, because think yep. about it. Men are more likely to be daredevils. You don't really think before jumping off of a cliff or diving into something like that. And with women, we're going to think of worst case scenario, like a million different scenarios and that's like how our brains right. work here's the thing you will go out with the girls or you'll be you'll be getting like mani petties and be next to each other okay let me just throw a scenario out there okay friend got divorced okay so the women they know every single detail every single detail True. of what happened with that relationship and why it fell apart guys can play golf for four hours hey my buddy got divorced what happened Yes, I don't, I don't that's what work. I'm saying. I, I, don't know. I don't know. I guess it did work. Then we started talking about the Cardinals. And then, and then, and then, like my fiance will come home and be like, "Yeah, so and so broke up," and I'm like, "Well, what happened?" And you're like, "I don't know." No, I want to know the details. We're meat and potatoes. It broke up. It's over. On to the next thing. So you're, so you're saying that you are a block of cheese. Uh, well, maybe, I guess so. Mm, sports, beer, drinking. Mm. So per- perfect example. You're out on the golf. Of course. Yeah, I broke up with my wife. We're getting a divorce. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. Hey, did you see the Lamar and OBJ were out in a club? <laughs> I did. Yeah, man, they're going to be awesome together. That's where we go. That's where we go. That is, uh, that's, that's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text in for Take It or Leave It. The text line, 314-399-9646. 314-399-YO-HO on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Time for Take It or Leave It. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. Brooke, Carrie, Randy, Matthew. And guys, Zion Williamson says that physically he's fine. 
the quote is, physically I'm fine, now it's just a matter of when I feel like I'm Zion. I know the atmosphere I'd be entering based off like the playoff experience, so now it's just a matter of when I feel like Zion. When explaining the mental hurdles of returning to game action, Williamson pointed to not wanting to negatively impact the team. He said, it's a little bit of a mental battle because, you know, when I re-aggravated the injury back in February, it was tough. Take it or leave it. And I say this with all due respect to all of the issues that we are dealing with with mental health in America. But if you're the Pelicans, that is a red flag that Zion Williamson is physically ready to go, but not mentally. Uh, I'll take it. I, I'll take it also that these younger people, I say this as a 42-year-old man, never thinking that I would say these younger people, uh, They it, it, social media is a gift and a curse mm-hmm. because there is so much information that is given to them. And when it's I can guarantee you when my, when Mount Zion, when Zion was was <laughs> the guy on everyone's news feed doing all the dunks in high school, bursting out of the shoe at Duke, when all of the news was positive, he was elated. He was on a a high that that drugs could not give him. But now that he's talked about in a different light, looked at in a different way. It is such a low that the, it's the disparity of the highs and lows just solely based off of social social media for younger people is is astonishing. And he says, quote, I can't really escape what the world thinks, what people's opinions are. So it's frustrating. I mean, it sucks. I don't know how else to say it. It just sucks. I love the game. I say it over and over. For those people that think I just want to sit on the sideline and sit over there, I don't know why people think that, but nah, it sucks. I want to be playing basketball for real. But it, people think that he doesn't, and he's paying attention to it. So here's my here's my advice, and I know this is, this is a difficult task for younger people, but when you're a professional athlete and your job is to play your sport to get paid for it, not, you know, not do commercials, not do uh, shoe deals, when your job is to play Play, turn off the phone. Yeah, hard to do, but you do. Delete the app. Remove yourself from social media. All, all of it. Just get off yeah. of it and worry about what's in front of you. Turn off the TV. I didn't watch any news, any sports news in Pittsburgh. I never did. I never. I didn't get Facebook until late, late in the game. Mm-hmm. So turn it off. Don't pay attention to it because you're not. You'll never win. And Someone is always going to say something. I, I just, I, I would read it. And they, man, Kerry Davis should be in the Pro Bowl. Kerry Davis needs more touches. Big <laughs> Ben, don't throw to he throw to Kerry. All those things. every single time. <laughs> yeah. Those fans were intelligent people. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I said Mount Zion, I was looking at the Orioles player Mount Castle who had nine mm-hmm. RBIs last night. Take it or leave it. Mount Castle is a heck of a name. I'll take it. Yes. What are we doing? Ryan, Mount he, Castle. Yeah. You gotta. You gotta. We gotta figure. Um, this is what baseball. I need to be somewhere in baseball doing some marketing because I have great ideas. Our friend Chris Gardner, the initial producer of the Fast Lane, every year puts together an all ascot team with great names. And man, if you look at that lineup from the Baltimore Orioles, they are loaded with all ascot <laughs> names: Adley Rutschman, Ryan <laughs> Mountcastle. Uh, they're they're just loaded with uh, with great names. So I think you just need to pay. That's a team that you need to pay attention to. Is the the former St. Louis Browns, the Baltimore Orioles, based off of names. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Mountcastle's absolutely batting second on the All Ascot All Stars this year. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. <laughs> Pretty good. There's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> Take it okay. or leave it. Oh, oh, Brooks, 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 Brooks,
<laughs> Did you just Uh-oh. forget about me? There, there we go. Here we go. Did you just forget about me, Rocky? Brooke just communicated. Did you just forget about me, Rocky? I lost count. Wow. I lost count. I lost count. Well, I am going to take notes of this. I see that I am going unnoticed in your eyes, Rockio. Wow. After all the things that I do for you, and you can't notice me? Really? This is going to <laughs> All the things I do for you. I work so hard day and night for you. Perfectly plated. Okay. I have a real one. Take it or <laughs> take it or leave it. Now, Rocchio did throw this at me during the break, and I thought he was joking, but this is a real discussion. Take it or leave it. If the Titans take Anthony Richardson in this year's NFL draft, that'd be one of the worst decisions ever because it's boom or bust with him. We've had enough boom or bust with the Titans. We can't handle it anymore. <laughs> it's too much, okay? <laughs> I need to know a sure thing, anything, please. I will, I will, I will, t- no, it'll be one of the worst moves in the history of the sport. <laughs> yes, you think? Yeah, Ever? take it, take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, first of all, you have to trade up to As, get him, so you're giving up assets. Okay. Number two, he's not going to be great because he only... Th- Are they going to trade up to get him? Because they, they have to. 13 That's right the, now, aren't yes. they? Yes. Yeah. yeah, they would have to. They, will, they don't. I don't think you have to trade up to get Anthony Richardson. I think, I think you go, can... He's top 10. I think you can wait around. Well, then, yeah, if you trade up and it doesn't work out, let's say that. It's not going to work out. He He's so athletic, Randy. So many people said it at the Combine. Yes, uh, they did. Uh, the combine. They all said he was the what best about, athlete as a quarterback they've ever seen. What about when he was throwing to receivers? And that doesn't can, matter, Randy. <laughs> we watched the combine. What are you talking about? You didn't watch it? He jumped higher than any quarterback ever in history. 53%. Nobody cares about what he did on the field. Well, isn't isn't completion percentage kind of important for Randy, did you see him in shorts and a t-shirt or not? Oh, we did. We okay, did. well then that's all that matters clearly to NFL execs. Well, you would think the Titans would have learned by now not to base things solely on the NFL combine. I think so. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. <clears throat> Doriel Green Beckham. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the worst mistakes ever. Matthew, let's get a couple of texts in. Take her or leave it. Tyler O'Neill is all but gone by the trade deadline. Leave it. I, if you can get something for him, Dylan Carlson is is probably your best center fielder. I mean, I and I don't think that's a slight on anyone on this roster. Yes, yes, defensively, I don't think that's a slight on anyone on this team on this roster. And if there is something that you can get for Tyler O'Neill, starting pitching, some guys that can can help out in that realm, I, I would say I would take it. But do you? But do you also wonder too? You know the song by Seal, "Kiss by" is it "Kiss by a Rose" yep. mm-hmm. or something like that? Is it almost like a kiss of death when Oliver Marmol kind of calls you out in the media because he did that with Harrison Bader and then he was traded mm-hmm. away? Is that what's going to happen here yeah. <laughs> with O'Neill, Broneal? Might be, and it depends on where you are in the standings and how important he is to your team when you play. Let's see, the rest of April and then May and June and so July. So three and a half months from now. It, the, it could look a lot different than it does right huh. now. Trading away an injury risk center fielder for a starting pitcher. Sounds like a good move that they've made before. Take it or leave it. Nolan Gorman has earned the right to play every day. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, he's, he's a DH. Uh, I'm going to leave it. Not. I mean, Juan Yepes had a, had a very good day yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got guys You got guys that can, can play. And so it's going to depend on, I think it depends on matchups and who's hot. If you're if you're hot, then you stay in the lineup. If not, 
you know, somebody else can come in and this do This guy job. that they have such high hopes for, they think that he's going to be a 35, 40 home run guy. And he's at a point now, and during that opening homestand, Ollie mentioned, he said, we're developing guys at the major league level. And he is one of the people that they are developing right now. And I, I'm just of the opinion that he needs to play. He needs to get reps to be better. He's 22 years old, and he just needs yeah. to play. And I think if, if they let him play, that he'll be fine. I like his approach, though, that he's taken with all this. Yeah. I mean, it seems like whatever situation you put him in, he's doing pretty well. I mean, pinch hitting, I think that I liked his approach and mindset with DHing as well. Uh, I'm impressed by him. Me too. Thank you, Matthew. And thank you very much for your text. We do appreciate them. Coming up, What's the blue season? Now 80 games in, two games left. A disaster? We'll talk about that next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. I think if you're going to look back at this season, you're going to look back with disappointment. Uh, and, and I think that's fair. And because it was an unexpected fall, uh, the, the season started out really well with three terrific wins. And to, you know, to a man, you're like, man, this, this could end up being a heck of a season. This, this has looked good. And then the bottom fell right out with an eight-game losing streak followed by a seven-game win streak, as you know. And then, you know, they've never been more than three or four games above or below 500. That is our friend Chris Kerber, voice of the Blues. And the Blues, we all expected, would take advantage of this, which was supposed to be the fifth year of a five-year window of competitiveness to make the playoffs again. I, we all assumed at the beginning of the season that the Blues would make the playoffs, especially after the 3-0 and start. And then they were never really in the hunt after the eight-game losing streak. And then they get rid of their veterans. I think it's fair to say, guys, that relative to what expectations were, that the Blues would not only be... Uh, playoff team, but a Stanley Cup contender, I, I would say that this has been a disaster for the Blues. Nobody thought that at the end of the season, Tarasenko and O'Reilly would be gone because the Blues weren't competitive enough to keep them around. Yeah, I mean, this is their lowest point total inning going into this final week. This will be their lowest point total in 82 games since 2007-2008. So I would say that is a big disappointment, especially with what that team looked like last season, where you had so many 20-plus goal scorers. It seems like it's just a huge disappointment. And also, it, it's not too long ago that the Blues hoisted the Stanley Cup. Right. And you're like, where did all this go wrong from here? For me, I think the the disappointment is, I think earlier in the season, we saw, I guess you would say a kerfuffle between you know Thomas and, and Cairo versus... Tarasenko and O'Reilly, you you could see that that combativeness of whose team is this? This is our the younger guys are saying, oh, this is our team. We just got new contracts. We're going to be here. We're definitely here for for years to come. And then you got a couple of the older guys who are veterans who have won a Stanley Cup who who are their contract is up after this season. So you kind of saw that that. I guess that uncomfortableness between those those two groups. And then you add the the element of not playing defense well enough in front of your goalies. 
you could see it unraveling at times, but you also could see potential for the team to be really good because they showed flashes. There were six-game win streaks. There were three-game win streaks, but then you'll follow it up with a seven-game losing streak. So I think it was just the the back and forth and the, the, the uncomfortableness of whose team this was and what direction they were going to go. We talk a lot about, you know, that window of opportunity for, you know, going back to playing in the championship for the Blues after winning the Stanley Cup. And to me, I almost view it as kind of like a door. So once everything happened, we'll call it a kerfuffle Mm -hmm. with Alex Petrangelo letting him walk away in 2020. That whole situation, how that panned out, I say that that door kind of started to slowly close. But, you know, still the Blues had some veteran leaders with Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron. But then with the way that things went last season with David Perron, another kerfuffle, that situation, then that it didn't turn into a door. To me, it was like, you know, Indiana Jones where he's like sliding quickly. (laughs) Then it just shut quickly because then with Perron leaving, that was another member from that Stanley Cup championship team gone. And it was a leader, a guy that a lot of people respected. He was huge in so many ways for that team and then you started to re-sign as you mentioned a Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo and then the veterans are kind of looking around like well wait a minute I know where that's going to leave me with my situation with the Blues and you see two back-to-back situations of guys who won the first ever captain to bring a Stanley Cup to your franchise leaving in that manner and then David Perron everything that he did during that Stanley Cup run leaving in that manner then you kind of feel the tensions building up of okay, well, what is that going to mean for me after I've done all this for this organization? But at the same time, the Blues really haven't missed that many playoffs. I mean, even under Doug Armstrong's tenure, they've made the playoffs in 10 of 13 seasons under him. Mm-hmm. So, and, and they'll be back next year. He, This was not a, a good roster for playoff contention that was put together. And a lot of it had to do with ancillary things outside of the physical abilities of the players, had to do more with inside the room. And that's a sport where you have to be willing to sacrifice for others and for the betterment of the team. And because of extenuating circumstances, guys did not. And this team had a lot of nights where the effort was reasonably and fairly questioned. And there did look to be some dysfunction, both on the ice and from what we hear off the ice and then after the trades were made. Yes. Both Craig Bruby and Doug Armstrong talked about the what you said, Carrie, the young guys versus the old guys that were headed towards free agency. And hey, it, it it wound up being a disaster, but they aren't too far away. When you look at teams that are tanking like Anaheim, when you look at Chicago, when you, even San Jose with a, a hundred point scoring defenseman and Eric Carlson the Blues are better off than they are. Yeah, and Barubi was actually on the fast lane yesterday, and he talked about the future with Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas, what he would like to see from them moving forward. Yeah, I think leadership, for sure, is part of the next step. And, um, you know, if you want to be a leader, you got to play a certain way, and you got to lead lead by example. And I think that they got to take the next steps. And with their game, managing it better, uh, doing what's best for the team um, at the right time, you know, that might cost you some points because you're playing good defense and you're sacrificing. It's all about, you know, giving you know, giving more and taking taking less, right? And I think that's part of uh, growing as a player, um, a young player and an offensive player is uh, giving more and taking less and um, that'll that'll make them better leaders and that'll that shows leadership, you know, by example. And let's just hope that they have it in them to be able to, to 
like he says, give more and take less. I think so. I mean, it, there's been many times, and look, like you have to give Jordan Cairo credit. He has had a fantastic season, a career high season, but I think there has been times where we've seen where he kind of drops his head. He gets visually frustrated. You know, we talk about the 200 foot game. I don't know how many times with him, mm-hmm. I feel like, this past season. And so you hope that he kind of grows in that regard. And these are two young guys. I mean, 23, 24. But that is a huge step because everybody is going to look at them to be the leaders. They have the big contracts. They are the future of the Blues moving forward. 5.30 pregame for the Blues and Stars tonight. 6.30 faceoff over at Enterprise Center. Coming up, more hockey with the Hall of Famer Bernie Federico on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. The Blues play tonight against Dallas. Early start at 7 or 6.30 rather. 5.30 pregame here on 101 ESPN. And that's a TNT game. So we don't get to see our friend Bernie Federko anymore on the pre and post game on Bally Sports. But you do get to hear him here on the opening drive. Bernie, good morning. How you doing? Good morning, Randy. I'm doing great. Thanks. Great to have you with us. I want to start with this. If if I would have told you before the season started that the Blues would be eliminated from playoff contention with two games left, two games against Dallas, what would you have thought? Uh, I would have thought that you would have been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, I, I, yeah, you know what, Randy? I, I really it's it's been a strange season because I I looked at the team uh, when when they started and and you know with the with the squad they had, it was basically. A uh, few changes from last year, but it was a, a squad that was very, very capable with with the forwards that that were still there, uh, the scoring that was still there. The defense was basically the same way. So, of course, you had Bennington there. So I, I thought, well, this is going to maybe not a team that is going to be in first in in the division because I thought Colorado was was a was the best team uh, because of winning the Stanley Cup, obviously last year. But I thought that they'd be in a mix for a playoff position, and and really they'd be battling for the second or third position in in the in the division. So this has been a very surprising year. Yeah, I mean, that was something that we've been discussing is just how they got to this point. Is there anything that you can point to in particular? You know, I brought up Alex Petrangelo leaving and David Perron kind of leading up to what we saw this past season, which was like their lowest point total in an 82-game season since 2007-2008. Well, no, I, you know what? I, I kind of look, it's not just one thing. I think uh, I think we go back to last year. I think a lot of the guys really, I mean, what we had, there were nine or ten guys that had 20 more goals, and it was one of those years where everybody really kind of contributed and everybody maybe had career years or, or some guys had career years. And this year, kind of it kind of went back to uh, uh, guys were playing, I guess, uh, I don't want to say um, below what they're capable of playing, but but maybe not having the same year that they they, they expected to have. So I think um, defensively, I think that's been the biggest key to this disappointment is that um, they just did not defend right. And I and I don't know if the the system changed or what changed, but um, the guys were getting beat in, in in the in the in the scheme of things. I guess is we could talk about a five man unit. 
um, five on five in their own zone. They just were not defending properly, and uh, they weren't keeping things to the outside. The the, the uh, shots and the, the chances were coming from right in the middle of the slot area. And and no matter how good your goaltending is going to be, when when you're getting that many quality shots, you just can't keep it together. And for whatever reason, uh, you know they practiced trying to, to clean that up and, and stop that from happening. But for whatever reason, it didn't happen. I think that's kind of been the biggest thing uh, the whole year. I think the other thing was his special teams. I mean, the power play was decent, but the penalty kill has been terrible all season. So these are little things that happen in the course of the year that they weren't able to correct. And I think uh, consequently that they're not in a playoff spot now. Craig Berube was on the fast lane yesterday and he talked about uh, leadership roles for Cairo and Thomas. Is it as simple as this team next year is going to go how those two go just them being leaders and 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 getting this off getting this team going in the right direction i would say Terry, that it's time i mean I, we talked about this all season long i mean once once the trade was made for ryan o'reilly and tarasenko the, the kind of the older guys that have been around once they were gone yes I, it's time i mean there's still some guys that obviously guys like shen uh, are still going to be looked at pareko these are the guys that have been here for a long time but yes i mean uh, we see these two guys get the new long-term contracts, so uh, they're the go-to guys. So, yes, I mean, they're going to have to learn uh, how to lead this team and, and have the guys uh, uh, follow behind them, and, and that's not an easy thing to do. I mean, you, you, you've got to be leading by example, but you've got to say the right things at the right time, and they're still young guys. They've, they've still got to develop, but, yes, uh, it's time for them to, to take the bull by the horns and, and say, okay, this is the way we're going to go, and, and and I think that's what the organization is looking for them to do. Bernie, the Blues tried Pavel Buchnevich at center, and now they only have two games left. What did you think of him at center? Do you think that he's a guy that, if you're heading into next season, that you can count on? He's the guy you can count on for anything, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I've been very impressed by the way he plays. I mean, ever since he's come over last year from the Rangers, I mean, I, I can't believe the Rangers let him go, for, for, to be honest with you. But um, I think that he probably is more comfortable in, in, a, in a wing position because that's what he's played at this level for the most part. But if they want him to switch over, I think that he, he can make that happen. I mean, it's just a matter of changing your mindset a little bit as far as you know, we always talk about the 200-foot game uh, being more consistent on the face-offs. That's things that he's going to have to work on. But uh, he's still a young man. It's not that he's over the hill where he's got he can't learn new tricks. But um, you know that that'll that'll be something that the coaching staff is going to have to really talk with him about. And uh, you know, are the Blues going to be a stronger team with him in the middle, or are they going to be a stronger team with him on one of the wings? So certainly he can do it all. And I think uh, it's going to want to get, I guess, what the team's most comfortable with. And I think what he's most comfortable with is going to be uh, beneficial for, for everybody. And, and you talked about, too, just fixing things defensively and how that was a big issue for the Blues. And that's not a simple answer, but where would you start with fixing things defensively? Boy, that's a, that's a hard question to answer, I mean, to be honest with you. But uh, I think that we talk about one-on-one battles, and, and I think defense is more, more to do with outworking and, and outplaying the, the, the person that's across from you. And I think it's more of a battle, excuse me, a battle sense than anything else. And I think that's something that, um, you know, that they have to get stronger at. And, 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 you know, we talked about um, when you're checking, I mean, checking is all about, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> checking is all about uh, just beating the guy across from you and, 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 and is wanting it more than the other guy does. And I think that's something that, uh, they lost a lot of battles that way, and I think that's more of a mental thing than a physical thing uh, each and every day and each time that you're out there. And I think that's something that uh, the coaching staff will continue to preach, and I think it's upon the guys 
to, to do that a little bit better. But uh, I think there's still plenty of talent on this team. There's still, there's still plenty of grit on this team. Uh, we know that there's going to be some changes in, in the offseason. And uh, whether or not Doug Armstrong is going to use these draft picks as, uh, to, to, to maybe trade and, and, and bring in some some guys that got a little bit of experience. But I think we're going to see the you know what 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 Veronica can do in the future and in Kapanen, uh, Sammy Blay I mean there's 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 some new pieces that really had only had a a, a small sample uh, with the Blues for the last what four or five weeks now so I mean uh, uh, there's going to be some some changes and I think it's all comes down to training camp having coming with an attitude and getting everybody back okay this is the system that we play and everybody's got to play with the system and I think that's probably the, the easiest way to get things done. Hall of Famer Bernie Federico in addition to being a Hall of Fame hockey player you're a Hall of Fame human being and we can't thank you enough for joining us every Wednesday during the season we, th- we thoroughly enjoy these visits uh, you bring a lot to the table and we are looking forward to you being back with us in the opening drive next season. Thanks, you guys. It's always been uh, fun to be with you, and uh, you, it's great what you bring to the people out there. Uh, it's uh, it's it's fun. I know I've got a lot of people that, that tell me that they listen every morning and uh, they love uh, what you guys do. So it's been a, great to be a part of it. And yes, have a great summer. We'll look forward to uh, a better hockey season next, <laughs> next year. Absolutely, Bernie Federico. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you, guys. Take care. That is Bernie Federico, and he really is. Uh, somebody asked me who was the ho- first hockey player I interviewed. How lucky am I that he was the first oh, hockey player? That's pretty I cool. Oh yeah, wow! He had come up in the mid seventies. I was, uh, I was a youngster in uh, the fall of '83, and uh, the folks at KMOX, Lisa Beattie and Bill Connerly, sent me over to the arena, and lo and behold, guy that I had essentially grown up watching mm-hmm. was the first guy I got to interview, and. The same guy that we talk to every Wednesday is the same guy that I talked to when he was a player in his prime. He hasn't changed a bit. He's a prince. That's That's amazing. Pretty cool. That's Brooke. That's Carrie. I'm Randy. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, we've got the fight. So stick around. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe. to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Ryan, because our fighter from yesterday, Jeremy, didn't answer the phone. Ryan, congratulations. How are you feeling? He's lost my game. Good. It is indeed. <laughs> it like happens that. that way. Are you ready to take on Megamind? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Last night, the Marlins became the last team to have a player hit for the cycle, courtesy of Luis Arias. Who is the last Cardinal to hit for the cycle? Is it Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, or Mark Gruzelanik? Um, I'm going to go with Arenado. All right. Which Major League Baseball franchise was the last to record their first ever no-hitter? The Rockies, the Reds, or the Padres? Rockies. Eric Carlson, Eric Carlson passed the 100-point mark yesterday, becoming just the sixth defenseman to ever do it. Who holds the defenseman record for points in a single season with 139? Is it Bobby Orr, Al McGinnis, or Paul Coffey? Um, 
I'm going to go with or. On this day in 2015, this golfer won the Masters with the fifth ever outright wire-to-wire win at Augusta, finishing four strokes ahead of Phil Mickelson at 18-under. Is it Adam Scott, Patrick Reed, or Jordan Spieth? Adam Scott. All right, we will double-check the scores, and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Ryan, how you feeling? Not great. A lot of guessing. <laughs> lot of guess- <laughs> is there is there one particular sport that is your uh, wheelhouse in comparison to the others? Football. Football, huh? We didn't have any football. We didn't have, yeah, we didn't Gotta have any of that those. on old Rockio here. It's football season. It's always <laughs> football season. <laughs> Absolutely. Randy, say hello to Ryan. Ryan, good morning. How are you doing? Great. How are you, Randy? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks Ryan for listening. Ryan has a great next man up mentality because we couldn't get a hold of Jeremy, sadly. Jeremy. Some people just win once and they just don't have the guts. To that, 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 Trump. Sometimes <laughs> that's how it you is. You hear Randy. that, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, Jeremy. People work. Ryan is. Huh? People work. Yeah. He got yeah. zero yesterday. Didn't he not get zero with multiple choices? Ah, oh, that, was two, that was two days ago. Yeah. Two days ago. Okay. That was yesterday. What? No, that was two days ago. That was two days ago. Oh, I thought that was yesterday. Anyway, <laughs> no, you're saying right. we I think it was a two-two tie. Yeah. Really? Yeah, the yeah that's because I didn't uh, pick Schmidt. I took Brooks Robinson. Right? Oh, we had to look that one up. All right, uh, Randy. Here we go. I don't, you, I don't remember. I thought it was yesterday. They Correct. all blend together. Anyways, I mean, when you're trouncing people the way you do, Randy, it's kind of hard to remember the names of the of the victims, huh? <laughs> you hear that, Ryan? He's coming for you. All right, here we go. Last night, the Marlins became the last team to have a player hit for the cycle, courtesy of Luis Arias. Who was the last Cardinal to hit for the cycle? Nolan Arnato last year. Which Major League Baseball franchise was the last to record was the last to record their first ever no hitter? The Padres, Joe Musgrove last year. Eric Carlson passed the hundred point mark yesterday, becoming just the sixth defenseman to ever do it. Who holds the defenseman record for points in a single season with one hundred and thirty nine? I'm gonna go Paul Coffey on this. Might not it might not be Paul Coffey, it might be Bobby Orr, but I'm gonna go Paul Coffey anyway. On this day in 2015, this golfer won the Masters with the fifth ever outright wire-to-wire win at Augusta, finishing four strokes ahead of Phil Mickelson at 18-under. What year was this again? 2015. 2015, four shots ahead of Phil, 18-under. That is a pretty good run, wire-to-wire. Brooke, I'm going to take your lifeline here. Okay, your options are Adam Scott, Patrick Reed, or Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth's win was pretty dominant. I hate Patrick Reed, so I'm not taking him. <laughs> so I will go with uh, I'll go with Jordan Spieth. I'm just uh, I don't have the moral flexibility to take Patrick Reed, even though even if I knew it was Patrick Reed, it's kind of like me taking a Ram on a fantasy team. <laughs> I just don't have that ability. None. None. Cooper Cup is pretty outstanding. I don't care. <laughs> Who's, who, who signs his checks? Oh, Stan. Oh. There you go. All right. Thanks to some admittingly broken logic, we have a winner. Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else?
Those are good club fitters over at Golf Discount of St. Louis. Just win, baby. Yes, they are. It's a 3-2 win for Randy Carricker. I'm sorry, Ryan, you came so close. But unfortunately, the, the Patrick Reed hate guided Randy <laughs> to a correct answer in question number four, and therefore a win over you in today's fight. All right. Thank you, guys. No problem, Ryan. Let's go through those answers. Last night, the Marlins became the last team to, to finally get that player hitting for a cycle, courtesy of Luis Arias. Nolan Arenado did it for the Cardinals last year, July 1st of 2022. Of course, the last one before that was, in fact, Mark Ruzalonic in 2005. Which MLB franchise was the last to record their first ever no-hitter? Randy got the question right and the bonus points. San Diego Padres, Joe Musgrave, on April 9th of 2021. Eric Carlson passed the 100-point, or hit the 100-point mark yesterday, I should say, becoming just the sixth D-man to ever do it. The top like 12 D-man seasons are pretty much passed off between Bobby Orr and Paul Coffey. Bobby Orr has the record at 139. Paul Coffey has a season with 138. Just oh, coming, coming up just short of Bobby Orr by one. And on this day in 2015, Jordan Spieth won the fifth ever outright wire-to-wire Masters win at Augusta, finishing four strokes ahead of lefty at 18 under. So a 3-2 win for Randy Carricker in today's fight. Ryan, thank you again so much for joining today's fight and the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ryan. And if Jeremy would have been with us today. Win, 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 win. Don't stop. It's been a while. <laughs> if, you, if you want to throw down in fisticuffs, fine. I've got Jack Johnson and Tom O'Leary waiting for you right here. I'm kind of a big deal. You really stopped unloading the clip. <laughs> uh, Jeremy? Grateful. Over it. Oh, man. Randy? Yeah, uh-huh. be a good yeah. sport. That's what most texters say when you're Randy is not a good sport. Jeremy didn't even show up. <laughs> Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy, we hope you uh, hope everything is okay. Hey, Jeremy, first, you're last. Oh, Randy, <laughs> what? This is all for for Jeremy, not Ryan. Ryan, that was for Jeremy, contestant. not Ryan. Yeah. By the uh, way, Jeremy, we hope everything is okay. By the way, I'm just working and can't answer the phone. Yeah, I feel like uh, one thing that we have neglected to point out is that after that loss, uh, it was a three 0 loss by City SC, right on Saturday night against the Seattle Sounders. Mm-hmm. Why are you dredging this up on Wednesday? Uh, here's why I am dredging it up on a Wednesday, Matthew, because as you may or may not know, and it is important to know, we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Did you just did you just like see that when you were scrolling through? Yeah. And you're just like, you yeah. know what, I got this. <laughs> I had to put that in. Uh, we've got Isaac Bruce coming up at the top of the nine o'clock hour, the Hall of Famer, and our buddy. He's got a great event coming up here in town. But before that, our rush hour reset is next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. Nolan Gorman took over in the seventh inning for the Cardinals. He'll lead off. Swing drive. Chip Carey, the call last night on Valley Sports Midwest as the Cardinals do score three in the ninth with that leadoff homer from Nolan Gorman. They beat the Rockies by a score of nine to six. Nolan Arenado had a big 
three-run triple in a four-run seventh for the Cardinals. Miles Michaelis got knocked around a little bit, five innings. He allowed six runs on ten hits, but the bullpen was terrific. They go four scoreless. Cabrera, one and two-thirds. Gallegos, one and a third. Helsley picking up the save, and he goes in inning. Allows a couple of hits, but also struck out two. And the Cardinals needed that one. They will take on the Rockies in the finale of the three-game series today at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. But good to get back on the winning track. We all are a little bit happier today, are we not? <laughs> yes. We, yes, we are. You, any, you would hope so, because gonna, that's that's what you need right now. Yeah. I was going to say, any concern about Miles Michael is still? Not in that ballpark. He's in just that terrible ballpark, in that we're, ballpark. We're okay yeah. with that outcome. You know, yeah. Cardinals got a win. Gave up six earned, but yeah, and it was he was bad from the beginning. It was just he just is terrible at that ballpark. He, he's one of those guys who really benefits because he's so in the zone. People hit the ball off of him, yeah. and with the big ballpark as expansive as that outfield is, he's going to allow a lot of hits. The perfect place for Miles Michaelis to pitch his home games is St. Louis, Missouri, because it's hard to hit the ball out of the ballpark. He's got a good defense. He'll be fine. He just needs to. Get, get back home and, <laughs> yeah. and throw strikes. If he's in the zone, he'll be fine. He knows he's smart enough to pitch here. Exactly. I mean, and he had a 12-point, like, 1-4 ERA at Coors yeah. Field going into that one. So you kind of saw the writing on the wall, especially with how starting pitching has been going. But the biggest thing, the Cardinals offense bailed him out of that really, really bad situation. We talked about Nolan Gorman. I mean, he's been fantastic. It seems like in a lot of different situations, in clutch situations, you can count on him. Somebody else that you can count on is Tommy Edmond. I mean, he he was huge. That was a huge game for him last night. Mm-hmm. Also, Nolan Arenado, that was huge for him as well. I mean, it, you want to see your big guys do things like that in really, really big situations. But really, I put in my notes last night, Tommy Edmond, I mean, that was a great display of unselfish baseball. Home run, doubled, and put down that perfect sacrifice bunt as well. That's just unselfish baseball, and that is the Cardinals' way. Tommy Edmond. Absolutely. Now, (laughs) we have to say this. Even with the win, the Cardinals are a half game ahead of Washington for the worst record in the National League. Hey, but guess who you're going to be facing here soon? The Pittsburgh Pirates? Yeah. Without, and you, you hate to see somebody get injured, but it, they don't have O'Neill Cruz. But that was Brooke, his fault. They're leading the wild card race. <clears throat> Cardinals are trying to chase him down. The Cardinals are two games behind Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're thinking about yeah. right now. We got the wild a lot of, card race. We got a lot of season left. We're tied with Philly, by the way, at four and seven. There the we Phillies go. were in the World Series last year. Huh. Or at least that's, that counts they, for they something. They started out their season so. terribly as well, so, so. fired a manager. Uh, so the, the Blues will end their season tonight. 6.30 is the faceoff, so an early start if you're heading down to Enterprise Center. 5.30 pregame here on 101 ESPN as the Blues play tonight at home and then tomorrow night in Dallas. Last night, the Lakers survived in overtime. They advanced in the play-in, as did the Atlanta Hawks, former St. Louis Hawks, as they beat Miami. I love the fact that the Atlanta Hawks have a St. Louis Hawks championship banner up in their building. It means yeah. something. It doesn't just say Hawks. It's a St. Louis Hawks championship banner. It says St. Louis on it. It's very cool. I do like that. But it's the only banner that they got, ain't yeah, it? it is. Okay, well, <laughs> then you hang it up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guarantee you that in SoFi, they don't have a St. Louis Rams, Rams super band. Does, yeah. does it? I'll bet I, you it doesn't say St. Louis. I thought it did say St. Louis Rams. They left St. Louis behind. Really? <laughs> yeah. They probably have the version they, of the logo that they started printing on stuff in like 2013 where it was just the Rams logo and they, yeah. they took the St. Louis off the top of it. Yeah. Mm. They don't like us much. 
Well, oh, that's, that's really petty loss. to do. You shouldn't take the St. Louis off. No, it, but it, it, they started it, doing it when they were here. I, I didn't notice it until 2016 when they were leaving, but I started noticing that I had memorabilia from like 2012, 2013 that was the Rams logo and the little St. Louis on the top in white letters wasn't on it anymore. Uh, oh, so wait. Like some, okay, so I'm looking at it right now. And? Oh, yeah. It, say, it just says Rams? <laughs> it doesn't say St. Louis. Yep. They are not... Uh, they had to give us $790 million. It says Super Bowl champions and has a Rams helmet on it. That's there. really, I mean, even with the way <laughs> that things went, that's really petty to do. It is. Because that matters. Would you expect but anything else? Stan Kroenke hates St. Louis, hates Missouri. Kevin Deboff. Where is he from? Missouri. No. He's, and that's he, what I'm saying. He says, He's I'm, from I'm a Missouri, Missouri guy. You can trust me. I'll do my damnedest <laughs> to keep the Rams in St. Louis. <laughs> Unless they call me in L.A. <laughs> yeah. They didn't even have to call. Uh, he called them. Yeah. He reached out. Yeah. So anyway, I don't, I don't know how we got here. Looking for property. I don't, I don't know how we got here, but we're, here we are. Uh, <laughs> it all comes back to old Stan, doesn't it? It kind of does, yeah. And uh, <laughs> one other thing, uh, one of Kerry's new favorite players, Ryan Mountcastle, had nine RBIs last night, and he is quickly becoming a favorite of the show. The A's were victimized by Ryan Mountcastle in a 12-8 to victory by Baltimore. And it's not just Ryan Mountcastle. And I think we need to take a quick look at this. And Isaac Bruce is coming up in just a moment. But we're talking about all Ascot performers. Adley Rutschman, Ryan (laughs) Mountcastle, uh, we've got uh, Austin Hayes, we've got Cedric Mullins, We've got Anthony Santander. <laughs> we've got Gunnar Henderson. All we need is Biff and Tad. We get Biff and Tad, and we've got an all-ascot team. Grayson Rodriguez. <laughs> Cole Irvin. We, we're is loaded it, here it, with ascot guys. Wow. Yeah. Is so, it just about how you pronounce the name that makes it? it? Okay. Part of it. Yeah, you got to sound like you're at the club, like you're at... Uh, that old Southern is your, draw. Is your nose turned no, up no, when you speak I, it? I think we're at the Hamptons. Oh, we're oh, in the Hamptons. We're, we're the, oh yes, we're we're gonna go out for the a, Hamptons. We, we gotta. We're we're taking a, Ryan and Adley and I are going out on the yacht later. Would you like to join us, Ryan Adley and I? You almost yes. had that old Southern draw about yeah, you. Okay. It was it was a Ryan. tad in there. I'm trying to sound snooty. Oh okay. I I, I like it though. I think you forgot uh, Keegan. Atkins. Keegan Atkins. Keegan. He fits. He fits. <laughs> so, and then their general manager's name is Mike Elias. Uh, Come on, Mike. Uh, that is today's uh, Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Isaac Bruce has his annual youth football camp coming up at what used to be Rams Park. And the Hall of Famer will join us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. To throw. Going deep downfield, adjusting for it is Isaac Bruce. And Isaac Bruce threads his way for a touchdown. 73 yards. Touchdown by the Hall of Famer, Isaac Bruce, who still does so much in our community with the Isaac Bruce Foundation. And uh, number 80 joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line with uh, Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ, fellow Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Isaac Bruce, it's always great to have you on the air here on 101 ESPN. How are you this morning, sir? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me, Randy. Kerry, what's up, man? How you guys doing? Doing good, brother. How are you? 
All is well. All is well. Isaac, I got to start with this. Brooke Grimsley has joined the show in the last month or so. Brooke's okay. introduction to sports fandom was the '99 Tennessee Titans. Grew up in Nashville, and you mm. almost ruined it for her. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know what? I think uh, I don't know if I met Brooke, maybe, but um, you know that that game, the first game in, in 1999, when we played in Nashville. Uh, you know, they started off the butt kicking, uh, you know, the way they dominated us in that regular season game, uh, had some great players, Eddie George, just to name a few, the, the mm-hmm. great Steve McNair, uh, and coached by Jeff Fisher. So they were a smash mouth team and uh, really made us refocus that season after they ended up dominated us in, in that, uh, that first regular season game. Yeah, you know, Isaac, it, it crushed my little little girl soul back home <laughs> in Nashville's the outcome for the Titans. But still, it launched, I was telling the guys that it launched my fandom into sports is watching the Rams wow. and then watching the Titans with the Music City Miracle. That was just such a great right, era of right. football. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, not many people know just how rich football is in the state of Tennessee, down south in particular. I mean, you have those pockets where basketball yeah. rules at Memphis, where I went to school. But when you just talk about football, I mean, I was really shocked that it took so long for the National Football League uh, to, to grant a team in, 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 uh, in Tennessee. But w- when they did come, I mean, it's, it's just been amazing. I mean, let's look. We're talking about 1999, and the Titans are about to get a new stadium. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Well, we were kind of reflecting and, you know, talking about the good old days. Have you been keeping up with the XFL Battlehawks Battle playing at the Dome, where obviously you guys played? And then also Anthony Beck, the head coach, and Ricky Prohl, he's the wide receivers coach. What do you think yeah. about those guys and what they're doing here in St. Louis? Well, yeah, I know Beck. Uh, definitely know Ricky Prohl, but not only Ricky, Austin as well. I mean, I remember Austin running around the locker room, uh, <laughs> you know, playing with tape and, and, and that, you know, things that kids do. But, uh, yeah, I, I keep up with them as best I can. I, they're doing pretty good. You know, I just think uh, this entire league is just another benefit for players who don't make NFL rosters to give them an opportunity to come in and get more film, get more reps. Because, as, as, as Terry knows, you know, reps are important. When you get going to an NFL training camp, if you're not getting reps, you're not going to be there very long. You're not going to know what to do. And they cannot really evaluate you as they should if you're not getting reps. So this league – gives these players just more reps to really pad their resume. I don't know how you feel about it, but you're talking about Austin playing professionally. I got teammates who are one of my friends, Veron Haynes, his son is going to Georgia. Another teammate is one of the top safeties in Florida. I've seen these kids when they were unable to speak and now they're either going to college or playing professional sports. How does that make you feel? You know, it's amazing because – Especially when when I see the Pittsburgh Steelers play, and 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 Ironhead's son, yeah, yeah. Craig Hill is like the leader. He's like the leader on the team. Yes. And I remember this dude at eight years old, standing six feet tall. Mm. You know, and and he looks exactly like his dad, but he just he just has light skin. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's always amazing to see, man. And uh, you know, we, that that's what happens. I mean, we really transfer, you know, the gifts that we've been given to our children. 
and, and they take them and multiply them. So it's always fun to see that. One of our all-time favorites, Isaac Bruce, with us on 101 ESPN. And on June 3rd, Isaac and the foundation will be back in town for the football clinic for kids. It's over at the former Rams Park, now the Lufus Training Facility. Isaac, you've, you've been doing this since 2007. You've affected more than 8,500 kids wow. in these clinics. I, I know it's a labor of love for you. And I've been out there several times, as you know, and the kids just get a, such a charge out of it. How much energy do you get from doing it? Oh, man, I truly enjoy it. Uh, the, the kids and the parents, they love it. Uh, the, the dads, uh, they volunteer to help with the coaches. Uh, most of the coaches that have helped me do it since 2006 are some of the same guys, and they just keep coming back every year. And uh, we, we truly enjoy it, man. We get an opportunity to pour into to the, to these, these children's lives. Lives, uh, You know, some of them may turn into football players. They may turn into executives. Uh, they may have a high-profile job and become valued citizens. So that's part of what we do through the Isaac Bruce Station. How important is it for you to to be able to uh, give back to these people at free camp to to have kids from the community come out and, and be a part of it? How, how how important is that for you to do? Oh, it's important, man, because, it, you know, it's all about giving. Only what you do for others will last. That's one of Coach Mike Mark's uh, famous sayings that he always told us. So, uh, just being selfless, uh, making sure that you know uh, we are there, uh, we're we're uh, present, and being able to pour into that next generation. But but just to hear a number like eighty five hundred hmm. children have come through this camp is amazing for us. And I think you know people like all my staff, Tiffany Burris, she, she's done a tremendous job and continues to do a, a great job putting everything together from the gala to this football camp. Uh, we're, we're currently working our uh, our scholarships. Year and the Flight 300 program. I can never not mention that because it's just a sweet deal, and and uh, we've been so blessed to be a blessing to other people. And uh, camps are open for kids from eight to ten years old, from nine to eleven on June third, and then from noon to two, kids from eleven to thirteen years old will participate. You can get information at isaacbruce.org, and you can participate. Your kids can participate in this camp. Isaac, I, I need you to tell us from your perspective. Carrie's told us about working out with you, so I want to. Uh, I, I, I got to hear from your perspective. <laughs> I, for those that don't know, he, he is. Well worth being a Hall of Famer based on off-season workouts. I, obviously, what you did on the field was amazing, but what people don't get to see is Isaac Bruce and Aeneas Williams running full speed in, in warm-ups and me trying to keep up with both of them. It, it, it was a sight to see, and you know, I just know how hard this man worked every single summer, so seeing him on Sundays was not a surprise to me at all. Yeah, well, you know, I was taught by some, some great men uh, a lot of guys that came before me, the, the Henry Ellerts, uh, the Flipper Andersons, guys like that, uh, played alongside greats like Tory Holt, Oza Kim, Ricky Pro, we mentioned earlier. But the, the guys like that, they let me know just how important the preparation part of it was. It, it was actually more important than what we did on Sundays. And uh, it made the games on Sundays and Monday nights a whole lot easier. So just to go out and just give all you can through your, during your practice sessions, uh, you know, there was really no filming it back in the day back then, Kerry. Mm-hmm. You, know, you really couldn't post it or anything. Nope. But we, we, we would just go out there and compete against each other just like it was game day. Yeah. I would envision in my mind that Aniz was trying to stop me from having something. He was, <laughs> it was third down, you know. So I knew if I could, if I could get past him, if I could defeat him, um, I knew I was in the right place and I was doing the right thing behind the scenes. 
so that publicly, you know, other people can enjoy what I did. Hey, Isaac, when you came back here to sign a one-day contract with the St. Louis Ram and retire as a St. Louis Ram, you told me that day, you said, I believe I'm a Hall of Famer. You are a Hall of Famer yeah. now. How often in your life, is it every day that you are reminded, maybe you open a closet, there's a gold jacket, maybe the ring yeah. is somewhere around the house. <laughs> How often is Isaac Bruce reminded that he is a Pro Football Hall of Famer? Um, you, you know what? I have proven ground when you have children. You got to have proving ground because you know they don't they don't play they don't play Madden football. Um, you know the kids who are attending the camp they play John Madden football and, and they see me from there, so they kind of have a connection. But my proving grounds are at home. You know, with my with my, my I got a daughter that's running track right now, and you know I try to throw in little tidbits. I get the eye roll, but I'm, not, I'm like, you know, I, I think I know a little bit about it. I mean, just a little, but. You know, just the proving grounds. But but then you get, you know, after that, you get a call, you know, saying, you know, we want you on Family Feud this week. We want you on you know, on Jeopardy this week and, and things like that. I get an opportunity to come back and speak for companies in St. Louis. So it, it kind of reminds me, you know what, you do have a gold jacket, but the proving grounds are with Isabella and Karis and Benjamin. Awesome. I, I asked Vermeil about this, too, when he was last in town. Is there, like, a special dry cleaners that you take that jacket to? Because I'd be so nervous about that. Well, you know what? I just took it to the cleaners uh, this past Monday, and I have the same person clean it for me. And I'm like, yo, make sure, you know, you clean it and and uh, put it back in this in, uh, in the cover, and uh, I'll be as soon as you call me, I'll be right back to get it. Okay. I think you're one of our all-time favorites. We love you, and we can't wait to see you back in town on June 3rd. And if kids want to get involved with the clinic, more than 500 kids will be able to partake. It's the Isaac Bruce Football Free Football Camp, and you can learn more at isaacbruce.org. We always love having you on the show, Isaac. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Hey, appreciate you for having me, and I'm screaming from every show I, that I'm on. The Ravens need to sign Lamar Jackson. They need to get that done. I'm with you, yeah. and yep. I'm a Steelers fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care, Isaac. See you later. Bye. That's uh, Isaac Bruce with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, it's Wednesdays with Wayno. Adam Wainwright joining us. He's actually back here working out, getting ready to come back, and Wayno will be next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Wednesdays with Wayno on the Opening Drive. We're talking life, baseball, and what's going on at Big League Impact with Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright on 101 ESPN. us momentarily here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. A lot of cool things happening with Big League Impact this year. They're going to have the swing for Impact again, and that is going to take place at Topgolf on June 11th, and you'll have the opportunity, if you so desire, if you get involved, to try to outdrive Adam Wainwright at Topgolf. That's that's very tempting. He can hit the ball. He can, because I've been to the event I think, last year, mm-hmm. I think last year, and a lot of the guys are pretty good golfers. A lot of guys. Pitchers especially. And yeah. he's great. Yeah. I think pitchers and specialists in football, punters, kickers, snappers, generally are really good golfers. There, There's, eh, I mean, not that they're well, not working hard. There's but a couple there's, of things. Number one, weight shift. 
which is okay. key but for kickers. And I, I talked to Jeff Wilkins. Remember Jeff Wilkins, yeah. Rams kicker? Yep. Hell of a golfer. Yeah. And well, really, I, they got a lot more time. There. They do. But <laughs> the, the weight shift for kicking and the weight uh-huh. shift for pitching is very similar. But the other part of it is mental focus. Yeah. Because golf mm-hmm. is such a mental game. Adam Wainwright has to focus in and try not to make mistakes for 100 pitches, mm-hmm. but try to focus in and not make mistakes for 75 shots or 80 shots or whatever it takes. I think the combination of the physical and the the mental really lends itself to kickers, punters, pitchers being good golfers. And, and then never, you have to have a quick memory, too, to yeah, be a pitcher. Yeah. You have to get over it. You just have to you know, right. move I, on quickly. I never thought of it that way. I just used to see our kickers and punters. At practice, and then I didn't see him at practice anymore, which was mm-hmm. pretty intriguing to me. There's a lot of Kerry back in the day, <laughs> and there, people text in if you used to go to camp for the football Cardinals, and Neil Lomax, Jim Hannafin, let Neil Lomax bring pitching wedges onto or or like a sand wedge or something. Hmm. So while he wasn't doing reps, Neil Lomax would actually be hitting balls on the sideline oh, at Lindenwood during training camp. Must be nice. That's not bad at all. <laughs> uh, Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and to the celebrity line we go, and our friend Adam Wainwright. Wednesdays with Wayno joining us here on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Wayno. How you doing? Doing great, guys. How are y'all doing? I'm doing fantastic. So are these two. We want to know how you're feeling. When when is Adam Wainwright going to make his debut for the 2023 campaign? I'm feeling great. Uh, I wish y'all had like a mid morning show, like <laughs> 10 or 11 o'clock, maybe 11 o'clock show. Uh, you know we're baseball players, Randy. Um, <laughs> I know. Are you in St. Louis? Yeah, I am in St. Louis. <laughs> Don't I you have kids that wake up and wake up anyway? <laughs> yeah, and they're on spring break, though. You know what I mean? Oh, got, got it, got it. <laughs> <laughs> but I got—I do have my son. Is he's, uh, he's getting ready for school now. But I thought I was in the clear to just kind of hang. And then uh, I remembered, oh, man, I, I need to talk to the great Randy Carricker and a Super Bowl star. <laughs> and uh, that's what I'm doing right now. So here we are. Greatly appreciate that. Hey, uh, Adam, I was wondering, when you all are playing in Colorado, as as you all are right now, how different is it for a pitcher? I played there in Denver versus the Broncos, and I have never been as gassed as I was during warm-ups uh, to play in Denver than I was anywhere else. How, diff- how difficult is it as a pitcher to perform in that environment, you know, the ball and the atmosphere? How do you prepare for that type of game? Well, I actually had <clears throat> a talk – and uh, during the WBC with one of their pitchers who pitched against us last night and did a great job, Kyle Freeland. So I apologize uh, to Cardinal Nation that we we worked on his mental game a little bit. But, um, <laughs> I've had uh, – it, it doesn't even make sense how much success I've had there, honestly. I've, um, I've just fully committed to the idea that the guy I'm pitching against doesn't want to pitch there. And so if I can embrace that, then I have an edge. Um, I think I have like a two-career ERA or under that even uh, at Coors Field. But um, it's this idea that, you know, and and actually come away from that series uh, better for the rest of the year when I do get to pitch there because it takes total commitment into every single pitch. You have to get way out front, way on top of the ball, to throw your breaking balls worth a darn. You have to throw one seam fastballs instead of two seam fastballs there because if you throw a regular two seam, that's going to cut a foot 
you know, it's going to just cut like crazy. Um, you, you have to throw four seam change-ups instead of two seam change-ups or one seam change-ups instead of regular change-ups. It's an adjustment. Everything you do there is an adjustment, right? Um, but the thing about baseball is they still have to put the barrel on the ball to get it out, right? They, they're not hitting balls off the very tip of the bat and off their hands. They're not hitting those balls over the fence. So they still have to get the barrel to it. So you, you can still get out of there if if you if you embrace that and you just know like listen I've just got to be good today I've got to I've got to lock in I've got to be super committed to every pitch I've got to get my mechanics in the perfect spot to throw this pit pitch and and it and it is exhausting from what you said though it is exhausting mm-hmm. I'll tell you that it it's uh you know when we go there um, our strength coach used to tell me like listen we're we're cutting back by sixty percent on our strength and conditioning program especially conditioning. Because your muscles just don't repair the same way, you know they they don't repair your 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 and your lungs don't get the oxygen intake that you normally would. So it's a little more it does it does make you winded like crazy. But that total commitment to pitching there um, and the the mindset's the big thing. You know that you can come out of there. I, I know this from experience, and maybe it's just uh, naivety. But I think if you just you just have to be fully committed to the adjustments you make there and believe it, you know, and then you can get out of there. Okay. But it is, I'll tell you, it is, it is not easy sledding there, man. Mm-hmm. It is uh it's tough sledding. You got to really work. And Adam, you nailed it. You're four and with a 2.22, 44 and two thirds. And you've allowed 40 hits, struck out 37 and walked only eight. I think that's the most notable thing is walking only eight there. I remember Tom Glavin saying one time, the hardest he ever had to work pitching was there. And it seems like if you have to work so hard, you're going to lose some command. So to have only eight walks and 44 and two thirds is pretty impressive. Well, I mean, it is a place that you know that crooked numbers are going to beat you, right? You're not going to lose in Colorado one or nothing. It's just not going to happen. I mean, I just I don't think I've ever seen that. Um, so when you go into that place, if you can minimize, right? So by minimizing, you know, you, if you give up a run, you give up one run. You don't give up three runs. You don't give up four runs. You give up one run, and then you move on. And uh, and and if you can do that, you win the game. But if you walk people in a place like that, one little swing, you know. Even if he's out front, if he gets the barrel to it, if he's out front, you got two runners on because you put a couple guys on free passes. That's where the three. That's where the three run homer comes in. That's where you lose the game potentially. So um, you just can't give free passes. Really, in the big leagues, you can't give free passes or any, but especially in a place like that. So, Wayno, we know that you weren't able to make the trip out to Colorado, but were you able to watch the game last night and see how everything unfolded? Because it just felt like, I know it's early on into the season, I feel like we've been saying that over and over again, but it felt like that was just kind of a much-needed win to boost morale and just show how capable this lineup is, one through nine. Wait, was there a game last night? <laughs> uh, good. Pretty good one too. My, my son's in the background going, "Yeah, there was a game." Uh, yeah, there. I'm watching. I'm hanging on every pitch, man. It's so much more nerve wracking when you're not there, you know. And uh, and I'm I'm going, "All right, come on, you got him set up for this." No, don't do that, you know. And and uh, come on, come on, Nolan, we can do it, baby. And then when he hit the the ball off the wall, I went absolutely crazy. We needed that win, you know. And it's and sometimes a good team morale. Come back, uh, come from behind, win like that provides so much team morale and so much momentum going into the next few games. You know, because you really look at each other and, and have this belief that it doesn't matter how far you're down, you're going to get the job done and you're going to come back and win that game. And when you have that feeling, you can beat anybody. 
you know, you can beat anyone there is if, if you go out there and you expect to. Adam, we just had Isaac Bruce on, and, and Brooke said that was her introduction to football because uh, she's a Nashville young lady, <laughs> and, and she watched the, the Titans lose to the, uh, to the Rams in the Super Bowl. Who was your introduction? I know you love football. Who was your introduction into football and, and made you really love the, the game? Brooke, that seemed like a dig to me. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. He was coming at you right there. He was coming at you right there. He was rubbing that in. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's. I mean, but hey, it it introduced me to sports. I mean, I, it crushed. I told Isaac it crushed my little girl heart growing up, but still, I stuck with sports anyways. (laughs) That's great. That's great. No, you know what? Um, I think football for me was uh, a neighborhood thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we had. And I grew up in a neighborhood with with tons of kids in it, and then we would get together with other neighborhoods, and we'd go play our neighborhood versus their neighborhood. And and I feel like there was a lot more playing outside back then. You know, yeah. we would we would get dirty, man. We would mm-hmm. we were tack, we were playing tackle football in the yard, you know, my whole life. So since I can remember having uh, remembrances, you know, we were out there tackling. And, and, you know, acting like we were Deion Sanders or, or whoever it was, you know. And, and um, that started at a very young age. But I'll tell you what really got me, my interest peaked. Um, and my, my – my, yeah, so there's a, a dull second. I apologize. No problem. Um, <laughs> what really got my interest peaked in football in 19 – I think it was 95. We got the, the Jaguars down there. And um, – Jacksonville is only an hour from my house. And I had been a Falcons fan. Y'all transfer over there? Yeah, yeah we got you. Okay. Um, I had been a Falcons fan, and uh, they actually had a great year in 96. They went to the Super Bowl. But, you know, those first four or five years of the Jaguars, we would go down there. My, me and my friend group, you know, one of the dads would take us down there, or mom and dad would take us down there, and we would go and, you know, just – being a, a part of an experience like that when you're a kid is just the all-time greatest. You know, it's kind of like probably going to a Cardinals game when you're little. I mean, it's just so much fun. But they had uh, Jimmy Smith and Fred Taylor and mm-hmm. Tina McCardell and and uh, Mark Brunell and Tony Baselli, and that team went was really good. I think they went to a few NFC Championship games in a row there. But they were so explosive and so fun to watch, and all the Jaguars stuff was on sale and all the little stores in our town and. And, uh, you know, you get an expansion program there so close to home. Everybody's excited. That's what really, I think, turned me on to professional football. But I've been a Georgia Bulldogs fan my whole life. And and watching those Bulldogs finally win a couple of (laughs) championships while I'm alive. You know, because they won the last time they won in 1980. I just missed it, man. I was born in 81. I just missed it. We lost you there for a second. We got you back, Isaac. Or Isaac, Adam. (laughs) I've got Isaac on the mind here. You got us? Hey, uh, yeah, did, what, where did you miss me? Where, uh, where did, that you were born in 1981, and you just missed that Georgia championship. Oh, yeah, and I said they, they got a chance to three-peat now. So being a Georgia fan my whole life, you know, I had the, the University of Georgia 1980 championship Coke bottle set sitting on my, on my counter, and I got the uh, – I think my mom and dad back then went to the game, and so I got a couple of, like, souvenir hats there when I went championship a couple years ago when we lost Alabama. I, I wore this hat. It had two bills. It has two bills on it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. 
it's ridiculous looking, but it's uh, it's awesome because it's like an old trucker style hat from 1980. It's really cool. That's cool. Hey, Adam, another one of your favorite teams, the St. Louis Blues, are going to miss the playoffs. They made the playoffs ten of the previous eleven years. You made the playoffs in seven of your first ten. As fans, we kind of get spoiled. Do you feel like you got spoiled as a player, too, because the expectation? I know you have the built-in expectation of, of making the playoffs. Do you get spoiled as a player, too? Well, I think I've been spoiled my entire career being a part of an organization that is not okay with a total rebuild, you know? And that sounds like that's what the Blues are kind of doing now. They, they got a bunch of draft picks out of those trades, and I understand the future is probably going to be really great. We've never had that moment here in St. Louis where we said, you know what, we got to get we got to get some new guys in. We gotta we gotta start this thing over. I think our our organization has done an incredible job drafting players. Uh, my old teammate Randy Flores is killing it right now. I mean that what was it in 2020? He only had like five picks, and he just nailed all of them. Um, but since I've been here, there's these there's been these waves of of players that, that came through and clicked. You know, we when I was young, we had the, the, the big veteran presence, but those great years of 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15 with Alan Craig and John Jay and Descalso and uh, Michael Waka and all those guys that came through, those are all just winners. You know, they're just winning players, and we continue to – and I think this to answer your question. I think I've been spoiled by an organization that just continues to to put winning players on a roster to give you a chance to win. It's not easy to win. I mean, think about. I think we've talked about this before, but you know, it's not about just going out and getting great players and winning. You have everything has to work out perfect. Think about the Dodgers, for instance. The Dodgers have had the best team in baseball pretty pretty much for the last decade, really, close to it. And they've won one World Series, and it was on the 20 year, on the COVID year. That's it. That's the only one they've won since I've been playing baseball in the big leagues. And they've been this dynasty. We've won two. We've been to three since I've been here. Uh, and that's, you know, I'm not saying that's good enough because there's really never good enough. You want to win every year. That's the goal to win every year. It's just so hard. It's just hard to win. You have to, everybody has to be clicking and playing perfect at the right time. Uh, in October to make it work, and then you know it's just not easy. But every year that I've been here, minus maybe 2007, we have had a great chance to win the whole thing. And uh, and I I just you know I I was talking to a couple of my teammates at the WBC, and there's guys on that team that have never felt that. They've never showed up to spring training and felt dude, we could win it this year. <laughs> Every single time some of those guys have ever gone to spring training, they're going, you know, if we could just try to finish 500, you know, maybe we can, you know, get some momentum and, and maybe we get a couple of draft spots that make us, you know, playoff bound. But I've never felt that way in my life. I always felt going around spring training, looking at the guys in the lockers, I always felt like this team right here, this team could win. And that's a gift. That is a true blessing. Yeah, it really is. I, I also saw that the pepper grinder seems to be back with the celebration for your club. And I think that it's not a coincidence that there's a win after that gets reintroduced. I don't know, Wayno, though, if you've seen, there's been some 
other good celebrations around the league. You have the home run funnel, I believe, with the Orioles, and then you had the cheese head with the Brewers. If you could do like a home run dugout celebration for the Cardinals, what do you think would be a good one? Well, I'm always conscious of young people watching. So, I mean, I I love I love anything that brings the team together. I mean, you'll you won't ever see me standing up giving the pepper grinder on the top step. I don't think you'll ever see me doing that. But uh, I can appreciate the excitement behind it and how it brings the team together in certain ways. I love that. You'll never see Goldie do it either, by the way. <laughs> I, I think I think you'd be able to see Goldie uh, run around the field completely naked before you saw him do <laughs> the pepper grinder second base. But um, but I, I love team camaraderie. If I if I came up with something, it would be it would be probably pretty lame. I don't know. I mean, you know. I came up with one the other day because the the salt shakers were not working. No, no. no. I'm glad you said it. They were not working. They were not working. They were not bringing wins. And I said, Lars, let me come up with something, dude, because this this, your time might have might have expired. You know, the the salt shaker thing. You were so excited about it. You know, to to pair with your pepper grinder experience, it's not working. You know. I came up with a cool little napkin routine that I felt like was neat, but, you know, he didn't seem to buy in. It's got to be his idea, I guess. (laughs) By the way, Adam, Brooke Grimsley this morning here in the studio is wearing her official Team Japan Lars Newt Bar number 23 jersey. Wow. She's committed. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm pretty committed, yes. He is a, I'll tell you what, he is a, 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 Universal sensation after the WBC. That was hilarious how he had Shohei and all those guys over there just, you know, so locked in. I think they, I heard right, they sold out of pepper grinders in, in Japan. You know, he's a total character. You can see why a guy like that would be. He has a very infectious personality, and people love being around Lars. He's a lot of fun. He's a great teammate and brings a lot of excitement to the game when he does play, too. So he's a great player. Uh, but he's found in there. You need guys like that on the team to loosen the team up. You just need it. You know, when we won an 11, uh, I will always tell people a big part of that was not so much the players on the field, which obviously is true, was also the players off the field. You had Ryan Terrio and, and George and uh, oh, what was, uh, Gerald Laird and a couple guys like that, uh, Mick Punto. Those guys were always stirring stuff up in the, in the dugout of the clubhouse. They were always keeping guys on their toes and loose and having fun. Their experience, you know, their experience in the game, they knew that that was their role, and they were great at it. And every team needs people like that. Hey, Adam, I mentioned that Brooke is all in, and that reminds me of all win campaigns at Big League Impact. And you have so many friends around Major League Baseball that have committed themselves to doing great things with Big League Impact. And the all win campaign is a great way for people like us to get involved and support the charity and then root for our guys, too. Yeah, it is. It is. And um, we've got guys on our team that are representing the St. Louis Public Schools Foundation. That's Tommy Edmond, the, the Little Bit Foundation, helping remove all barriers from learning, Habitat for Humanity, Backstoppers with supporting spouses and families for first responders. Um, our charity of choice, my, my all-win campaign, is going to go to uh, an, or, an organization called Adoption Share, which is started by a, a great friend of ours, 
from from Georgia, but it's an, it's a it's a, a nationwide adoption program. It's kind of like Match dot com for families and and kids who who need families, hmm. and um, and it's you'd be surprised. I I have adopted a son, and so this is why it, it means so much to us. You'd be surprised how hard it is to to find this situation that works out really well right away. It's, there's so many kids that need to be adopted, and there's so many families looking to adopt. And for some reason, we can't figure out a great way to make it happen quicker. I mean, you know, it shouldn't be these months and months and months and months of waiting time, and, and Adoption Share is doing an incredible job finding those families, finding those kids in that need families and pairing them up so they don't have to go through the system. You know, it's a, it's a, everybody, when you're, when you're that age and when you're young, when you're, when you're born into a family, I just don't think sometimes we really know how great we have it when kids are not born into that, that family and they have to go through the state system. It's, it's really tough for them and, and tough to integrate into schools and sometimes and tough to, to, you know, that it's, it's just not the same. So this organization's helping that. So, uh, if you want to pair up with with us and and uh, the rest of our player or the rest of our players and doing great work around the community of St. Louis and all over the country, uh, all win is a great way to do that. Every time we win a game, each one of the players has pledged a certain amount of money per win. I'm giving four hundred and fifty dollars per win all season, uh, and so people can join in with me. Obviously, you don't have to do that much. I just feel really good about the program and and what we're able to accomplish. So I would love to have y'all support. Uh, throughout the season, and, and let's let's make some let's make some miracles happen. Love that idea, and we will support the Adam Wainwright uh, Big League Impact dot org Foundation. Just go to bigleagueimpact.org. By the way, one other thing: we have about thirty seconds. Kerry can hit the daylights out of the golf ball. Is he going to be able to outdrive you at Swing for Impact on June eleventh at Top Golf? <laughs> I will just tell you this: <laughs> I've. I have met many people who hit the ball straighter than me. I have never met anyone who hits it longer than me. (laughs) (laughs) Challenge accepted, sir. The problem with that at Top Golf is you don't get any points for hitting it over the net. Yeah, that's right. You don't. (laughs) That's true. Adam, have a great day. Thanks so much. Can't wait to see you back on the mound, but we always enjoy Wednesdays with Wayno. Take care of yourself, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, guys. See you. See you later. That is... Adam Wainwright, he is absolutely wonderful on the mound, off the mound, in the community. He's as good as it gets. Carrie, Brooke, Randy, we're going to head down the stretch with a little rock and roll here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Wainwright joining us along with Isaac Bruce. If you want to hear either of those interviews again, all you need to do is go to your 101 ESPN app or go to 101ESPN.com and you can listen on the podcast. And that is brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Center. Carrie Davis, Brooke Grimsley, Randy Carricker, and I thought it interesting that Adam would not give us a date for his debut. In he kind of skipped past that one. Yeah, he, you know, he, he, he's he really good at that. Yeah, he's he, really good yeah. at that. Yeah, but he says he's feeling great, and my anticipation would be that uh, he'll probably throw a side session, maybe a simulated game, probably over the course of the weekend, and my expectation would be that we'll see Adam pitch next week. I think he's he's getting ready, revving up, getting ready to go. Um, You know, it, it's just... 
he said a few weeks ago he was able to pitch and throw is just squatting down in case you need to field, uh, field your position. So hopefully he is uh, ready and, and you know we'll see, see the best of Adam Wainwright in his final season. And I do think Adam adds something to the pitching staff, just his presence, because the guys count on him. He, regardless of how he's doing, you know that he's going to give you innings. Mm-hmm. And I think things kind of fall in place, and it'll be interesting to see how things go when Adam is not here anymore. But I do think things tend to fall in place behind Adam Wainwright when he pitches, and it just provides a comfort level for the rest of the starting rotation. Yeah, I think he he brings a level of competition. And as I said before, when you are competing, when one starter has a good start, then the next guy wants to come out and and do the same thing. And it just becomes like a domino effect where everyone is – trying to outdo the, the the person before them in a in a positive way. So hopefully we can get that that rolling and and you know, Miles Michaelis, they, they got the win last night. He didn't get the win, but they got the win. So hopefully that can kind of be the catalyst for more wins here to come. Let me give you an Adam. Uh, the Cardinals are at Seattle on April 21st. That's 10 days from now. And I'm I'm saying that that game at Seattle, the first game Friday night at Seattle 9-10, that'll be Adam Wainwright's season debut. Ten days? You like that? Yeah, I'm mm. not disappointed with that. Yeah, one week from Friday night. So Great. Jim Hayes of Bally Sports tweeted out last night, Adam Wainwright threw two sets of 20 pitches back in St. Louis today and felt great per Ollie Marmol. He says Wayno could face live hitters Friday or Saturday. So if he faces live hitters Friday or Saturday and then get a simulated game in on Monday, there you go. You're golden. We're, we're set up for that Friday night in Seattle. I like that a lot. And I think this yeah. team, it's, uh, they just need him. And like he said, he's he's planning on pitching a full season. I think it'll actually be better for Adam to not have to go the full six months. I think if he only has to go five months this year, when we get to October, he'll be in better shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, you never like to see any sort of injuries or anything happen. You're glad that it's nothing worse. But you'd rather, like you said, you'd rather have this happen early on rather than later when you know that you need him. And I just feel like the starting rotation is missing him. He is one of your more reliable arms that you have in that starting rotation. Yeah. He's he's just a difference maker, right? He he just is. Definitely. So. Brooke, you, you had a texture that said that uh, Adam might have been upset by you wearing the Lars uh, Newport so jersey. So we cleared the air. We okay, cleared good. the air <laughs> because you. I was I was a little bit nervous because someone texted in that you know they said they were joking, um, talking about how kind of Adam Wainwright's response to when you pointed out I was wearing a Lars Newport jersey. I look, Adam hasn't been around for I guess all the full explanation of the fandom and stuff like the that. Club, I yeah. do have Japanese ancestry. My grandmother came straight from Japan here to the US. So I feel like, especially in world baseball classic rules, that I would be able to represent Team Japan. I mean You could play for him. You had you, some, you had some guys, you know, representing Italy that I don't know where some of the Italian ancestry uh, came from. Trace Thompson it's representing couple, Great it's Britain. a couple generations yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> it's a couple generations. Yeah, the Trace Thompson one was the craziest one. That was an interesting because of he, his was dad weird. was born in Bermuda yeah. when it was still a British colony. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> hey, I want to touch on two other things here. Number one, pay attention to the Tampa Bay Rays and Greg Amzinger, who we'll talk to tomorrow morning, picked Tampa Bay to win the World Series. They're eleven and zero, which is 
phenomenal, especially when you look at that division. They're, they've got Toronto. They've got the Yankees in that division. I know the Yankees are decimated by pitching injuries, but to start 11-0 in Major League Baseball is really something. So yeah. savor what you're seeing if you're a baseball fan from the Rays. They're playing very well and taking care of their business so and far. Every, every single game so The far. smartest franchise in baseball. Maybe the smartest franchise in sports. Based upon return on investment, mm-hmm. ROI, it's amazing. The other thing we need to savor, don't don't have a day where you don't watch Jordan Walker. Yes. Watch him every single day. Yeah. Every chance you get, do not miss a day, do not miss an at bat. He is must see TV. I'm 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 thrilled by what he's Me too. to be a young man, to have all of these expectations placed on you and still be able to uh to to do what he's doing right now is 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 awesome. Historic 11 game hitting streak. I mean, it's just, it's incredible what he's doing. He just looks so at ease. I couldn't imagine, at 20 years old, I can't imagine being able to handle that much pressure. Really. I mean, I felt like it was a lot of pressure just going to college, having a job, and that felt like a lot of weight on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. But with him, he just looks so at ease. He's been prepared for this moment for a while. And you had, you know, a lot of people questioning if this is too soon. No, I mean, he's putting all that to bed. I think the Cardinals are, are, you know, it's, it's... First few games, first few weeks into the season, I think they're still fine-tuning the lineup, who's going to be where, solidifying who needs to be playing every day in, in, in each position. Brendan Donovan is going to play every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, where You're going to find at-bats for him, whether it's second base, first base. He's played uh, left field already this season. You're going to find spots for him, uh, but just really solidifying where everyone is every single day and where they're batting in the lineup. I am more of a guy that really likes the consistency of a lineup. You know which which guys are going to be where every single day. So I'm looking forward to when the Cardinals get to that point. I don't think they will, Kerry, really? because I think number one, the analytics guys are going to play the matchups, and I think what there's are those too many, guys. Do? There, yeah, there's too know. many good players. Yeah, right. I, I think one of the issues that they have here is you can hit nine guys, and they have. 12 guys that can hit. Yeah, well, you got to say, there's good and then there's gooder. There's guys that are better than the others. And if you ain't good enough, that's like a participation trophy. I I think if you don't do well or do well as the person in front of you, you don't get to play as much. But here's the thing. You have a guy that hit 34 home runs two years ago and had a couple of hits last night and had a a two-run hit. You aren't going to sit out like Burleson. He looks like he can play. Carlson looks like he can play. We know Walker can play. So and on the infield, same thing. It's uh, And it's not as pronounced, but you do have to find time for Brendan Donovan and Gorman both to play, all the, and Yepes. You just have to get opportunities for these guys. And Here's the thing. Can any of them pitch? There's where <laughs> the rub is. I figured out the issue. Jack Flaherty's just been in the wrong meetings. He was in a meeting, and somebody said, hey, we can hit nine guys, and we can still win a baseball game. Jack Flaherty said, oh, Okay, yeah. we can do this. Okay, I can hit nine. Okay, okay, okay. I can hit nine. I'll, I'll just I'll walk them. Yeah, that's that's exactly what's happened. But I I do think if they play their cards right, Tony always did this really well. There's eighteen hundred at bat or eighteen hundred plate appearances among your outfield. Four hundred fifty, five hundred plate appearances a guy. Four four guys is fine. Mm-hmm. Now with the DH, you'll be able to find I believe enough at bats for everybody to to make sure that everybody's fed. But there are guys, Goldie, Arenado, Walker. That are going to play every. And every it day. looks like Edmund is yeah. a guy that's going to play yeah. every single day. But uh, I'll I'll be interested to see how everything unfolds. I also wanted to mention Adam mentioned that 2020 draft. Walker in the first round, Mason Wynn. The third pick was Tink Hentz, who's going to be the Cardinal closer. The fourth pick was Alec Burleson. It's wow. pretty good. And, and, and how quickly yeah, three they years were ago. able to just 
move through the organization. That just tells you a lot. And they didn't have a first season because of the the pandemic. 20, they didn't play at all. So they've had 20... 21 and 22, and now they're in the majors in 23. I remember a few years ago covering, when I was back in Arkansas, Andrew Benintendi, when he moved through quickly, yeah. going from double A to the majors, and people were just like, whoa, this is this is not something that should be happening. And it just shows you how quickly the league is changing and how fast guys are moving through the system. Young man's game, no doubt. Great job today by our producer engineer, the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Brooke, a.k.a. Lars, Team Japan. Lars Newtbar, president, CEO, owner. New title yes, added yep, today. Yep. Uh, shout out to Luke yep. for for getting this founder. Luke. I mean, this I'm going to wear this jersey everywhere. You should, <laughs> but I won't ask Lars to sign it because that's weird, and I don't want. I don't even think I want to tell Lars that I have this. You might, yeah. You no, might, please you, don't. Yeah, you, you Actually, probably, he'll, he might be like, oh, this I, is I tagged him on the Insta post. <laughs> <laughs> so he knows already. Uh, CD. Oh, Hey, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Our friends Ajax and T-Mac are coming up with a little balloon party for you before BK and Ferrario from 11 to 2 here on 101 ESPN Then the Fast Lane. For all of us, thanks for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Till tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great hump day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.